Welcome back to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast where four lifelong friends gather to talk about video games. I'm back in black. I'm Chad. My underwear is black today. That's not a lie. Um, Chad Michael Linus is my full name, as I make Holden say all the time. That's Holden DePardo over there. Hi. My name is Holden DePardo. We've got our third special guest. You all know him. You love him. It's Steven Dutzman. Say hey, Steven. Konnichiwa. And all that. Whoa! We can release our Japanese podcast in the another rest of the now. episode. You have to speak Japanese the entire time now. Is Can't that Japanese that. or is that Korean? Konnichiwa. That's totally What's Japanese. Korean? What's the um, Korean one? Ni hao I, is Chinese. I don't. I don't know how to say it in Korean. But I mean, we're right. so worldly. I'm. I, listen, my kids <laughs> took Japanese for a couple of years. That's all I got. They took Japanese kids' lunch money for several years. No, that's. Not what, that's <laughs> damn, damn it, Chad. That's not what I said. Um. You've just been waiting to get me back on the show ever since I basically oh. spent an hour and a half making fun of you and then like a year making fun of you on Twitter um, because of your incorrect opinions about making Zelda. Making fun of or feeding into my <laughs> trap? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and yeah. our fourth lifelong friend is you, the listener, the people who put us in your ears every single week, sexually and non-sexually. It's all up to you. You're in charge of your life. Um, and that's why we love you. We have Steven here, who's been on the show before. We do this new segment, not new, it's like six months old, but like for people who come on the show, guests, we have a segment called Read the Instruction Manual. It harkens back to the time when like you would actually buy a box for a video game, and it would come with like a paper thing that what? told you about it, and you'd sit in the back of the car, and you can't play it yet, because you're not home. You'd rip it open and read all about it. And So this is reading the Steven Dutzman Instruction Manual. I'm going to ask you three questions, Steven. You're allowed mm-hmm. to answer them however you like. You can lie. You can tell the truth. I don't care. As long as you tell the people all about yourself. Sure. I can do that. First question. Without mentioning video games, describe yourself. Describe myself? Yes. Uh, primarily, I am a parent. I am a podcaster. Uh, I'm a content creator um, and a lifelong inspiration for podcasters everywhere. No, I'm just kidding. That's just a, a bad Twitter. <laughs> That's a bad Not Twitter false. joke at this point. Um no, primarily – In this case, I'm, it's true though. It's it, kind of true, but but way oversold. Um, I, <laughs> I First, I'm a parent. I think that's the biggest piece of it, right? I got my kids. They're doing something right now. I don't know. I think they're – my youngest is uh, at roller derby and my middle son oh, is nice. watching. Yeah, I got my that's seven-year-old. So cool. does, my seven-year-old does roller derby. You guys. have the coolest seven-year-old on the planet. Um, she's learning uh, plow stops, which – is not what you think it is, Chad. Um, <laughs> nothing to do with photography. Nope. F stops. Um, so nope. N- nothing to do with that. Um, that's not where I thought you were going to go. Um, I so- you thought I was going to take it sexual because you have a very low opinion of me. <laughs> <laughs> low isn't necessarily really. Chad the- had to think fast in his feet. <laughs> think of something else. <laughs> he was like, wait. Chad was like, wait. He caught me. I got to come up with something. Got to subvert um, those expectations. And then, you know, then I've got you know my middle son's watching Captain Underpants, and I don't have any idea what my yeah. oldest son's doing. He's watching something on his phone. But like, that's the most important thing to me. I mean, I you know I work and I blog. And and I do all sorts of stuff, but really, you know, it's trying to make three better people than me, right? I mean, that's they're awesome. watching that's... Cap Underpants. You're doing a great job because Cap Underpants is the best. That show, uh, is... Professor Poopy Pants. That was my uh, little sister's nickname for a little bit from me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not what, uh, what where I was going, but sure. Yeah, no, I mean, you know what? That's fine. It's a cool show. Um, the movie, I think, wasn't the, there was a movie, right? Yeah, yeah a movie. I didn't know I, 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 there, there was, was a show. show. I knew there was a movie. This is yeah. a show. 
It's okay. on Netflix because, of course, it's on Netflix. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's how I would describe myself first. Uh, if Great. I'm not allowed to talk about video games, I would say I'm a parent first, which I don't think I would have said. Even only even a couple of years ago, I would have come up with some other cockamamie answer. But, nope, I'm a parent. It's a it's a hard job. But, man, do I have to do it because I have to have raise three <laughs> good kids to cancel out the bad old people. <laughs> uh, well, now you are allowed to talk about video games because question number two is tell us about your content. Sure. So, I mean – Longtime fans of your show will know that I'm the family gaming guy. So I run engagefamilygaming.com. That is a website on the internet where parents like myself and my co-hosts uh, talk about all the family-friendly video games and board games that uh, your family would want to play together. So specifically, a lot of folks are like, oh, so you only talk about kids' games. And I'm like, no, actually, uh, we talk about games like Destiny and Street Fighter and Fortnite. Um, because those are games that families can enjoy together, um, and are really more kind of, you know, we just avoid the M rated stuff. Um, really. So it's, it's no been Jesus. a wild ride. Yeah. Right. No we've, we've been doing this for seven years now and no red dead, hot coffee mods, no red dead, hot coffee mods. Was there a hot coffee Only mod in red dead? Mod. Um, there was just they added a, it. Somebody yeah. modded it in. Somebody modded it in. Yeah. None of that stuff for us. Um, although I have a hilarious story for that. I'm sure we're going to fit in somewhere about my 13 year old and his adventures in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, Ooh, okay. we'll talk about that because, you know, at some point we're going to let, we were going to let him and why not let him run around ancient Greece. We'll talk about that later. But so, um, we, as far as what kind of content we make, we, uh, are a written blog where we put out content written. Uh, we have several podcasts, um, and I do a live Facebook show every Thursday called the EFG show with our community manager, Jeff Walker. And we sit on Facebook and go over all of the relevant family gaming news, which basically means we yell a lot about Animal Crossing and Pokemon over the last handful <laughs> yeah, of months. Animal Crossing. Um, I also talk about collectible card games and we're going to start talking a lot about Dungeons and Dragons over the next handful of months as we launch a new uh, podcast and very likely a live play so if you want to see me pretend to be Matt Mercer and my kids pretend to be those other dorks um, <laughs> tune in because it's going to be a wild ride that sounds awesome I had no idea you did the Facebook live show that's awesome it's uh, relative it was actually my community manager's idea and um we just kind of threw it together and it's been now it's like my favorite part of Thursday nights. We just, you know, nine o'clock Eastern standard time. We hop on the Facebook page. Um, the audience is slow, but strong er, is small, but strong, right? You know, it's just the way that it works. Um, but we just chat with the community and we just go down the stories. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity to talk. Um, but kind of get my head out of my own ass because I get, you know, people in the audience, like my wife will come in and watch and she'll correct me. And, you know, so it's great. It's been a lot of fun. That's been a new experiment. That's awesome. Uh, I have one more question for you. Who is someone who truly inspires you? Okay. Um, so man, you told me that you, you told me you were going to ask this question <laughs> I did. like I five or six minutes up. ago. You gave me a heads up. Okay. Um, All right, so I'm just going to say it. So you guys do for me, um, and this Cheater. is why. Aww. No, no, listen. You you know me well enough to know that I wouldn't say this just to kiss ass, okay? Let me – so 
the reason we know each other at all, and I had an opportunity to, you know, you know, wax philosophic about podcasting the last time I was on the show is because you guys had the balls to like send in a message to freaking Greg Miller and be like, Hey, I want to invite potentially millions of dorks onto my show and like go through and follow through on the logistics of what would have taken a, like a company hundreds of man hours to make it happen. And you guys did it. And that's, super impressive to me like not only did you do it but you felt followed through and you know watching you kind of go through that process was for me as a as a fellow content creator was astonishing and it was cool because i got to meet you and then i got to meet all these other dorks that followed along right you know (laughs) and i mean that for those listening in the, the most pleasant way i can't call anyone that i dress up like an elf on the weekend so like when I call you a dork, it's a sign of love. Um, but the, you know, getting to meet all these people, like you guys put that together. And I thought that was really, I thought that was impressive from the beginning, which is why I reached out. And ever since then, you know, it's been cool just kind of being dorks on the internet with you. And so when you ask me who inspires me, that's inspiring because I was like, listen, if these two guys, they, they had an idea that probably came out like while they were wasted one night thinking about it, like, Hey, let's just go ask Greg Miller to get a million guests on our show. And then you actually did it, which is, you know, it's so easy to have an idea and it's so easy to start, but it is impossible for some, for a lot of folks to get through those, that middle where you're like, Oh my God, we have to arrange 15 more guests. How are we ever going to do this? And like, how are you, you know, figuring out all these schedules? It's insane. So I'm going to say you guys, and yeah, maybe cheating, but I mean it. Thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, last question. I, something else just came up, came to mind. Do you remember Anthem? I fair here. <laughs> what? Oh. Do you remember Anthem, the game that came out last year? That like I do, in fact, remember Anthem. Blows my mind. <laughs> that game still is a still is around. Yeah. Holden, you raised your hand. You had to say something. <clears throat> yeah, I said to whenever that comes up, I just have to say Chad was like the head of that whole initiative. Oh, you should have so, seen the spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty amazing. So I also was inspired by Chad doing that. And also caught completely off guard when I'm like, hey, Holden. Uh, So I did this thing yesterday, and now we have a trillion people (laughs) DMing us on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm freaking out. Uh, So that was a a fun couple of months getting that all figured out. But yeah, it was the best thing. I just have to give credit where credit's due and want to make sure that that's like the proper credit was given there. That's certainly fair. Thank you, Steve, and I appreciate it, but... Chad was the mastermind behind that whole thing. Okay, yeah, but I can't. I'm just the be putts inspi- in the I can't really only be inspired by Chad. I mean, that, that, would, that would be like off, that. That's like off-brand stuff, you know. Like he's because the, the way it works, like he's the the face, and I have to I have to be booked as the heel. That's just how it works. Like between the two of us, so like he can just say his goofy stuff and be fun, but I have to be booked as the heel. That's just what I do. I can't. I can't hear you. Can you not get your water on your microphone at least? Because I don't oh, know. I've got, a, sure. I've got a pretty thick windscreen. That's okay. what she said. It's a waterproof windscreen. <laughs> Shut up. Let's move on. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff today. Lots of coronavirus. I know everyone loves coronavirus. It's a hot new thing. Uh, we're going to talk about so uh, great. your PlayStation 5 controller maybe reading your heart rate. We're going to talk Ooh. about why I'm giving up on platinum trophies. <gasps> but first, we're going to talk about what we played this week, starting with Holden. 
Holden, it's been a while since you've spoken. Tell us about something you did this week. Um, so I played more Sekiro <clears throat> to get the Platinum Trophy. I got the Platinum Trophy, and when Chad talks about his Platinum Trophy <clears throat> experience, I will talk about my Platinum Trophy experience. You got uh, the next Platinum thing is, Trophy plays... in Sekiro? Isn't he a madman? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just stop. I'm just, I have to stop this. What the hell is wrong with you? He's played Why like would you nine do that times, to and he's played it with like, I'm going to do it without pants on. In real life, he just didn't wear pants in real life. <laughs> it was so much harder. Um, yeah, so I hadn't gotten a Platinum Trophy before. And I had recently beaten Sekiro, and I just, I'm like, this game is so, so good. I just want to keep playing Sekiro. And I'm like, why not what? I'm going to get the Platinum Trophy. I'm like playing this game so much. Why not turn that into getting my first Platinum? So I did, and I got it. I mean, that's great, but you're insane, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You got to try everything once. uh, I mean, sure, but like. Have, have you thought about hard drugs? Like, I don't know. There's got to be something. About, I mean, the idea of getting the platinum in Sekiro gives me like a cold sweat. Um, I've I mean, been I don't challenged want to, toot my own to horn, But I have a Bloodborne platinum, so I'm also See, pretty that good. one scares me. But, I would be scared to get a Bloodborne one. But we already knew that you were batshit, Chad. Yeah. Like, holding like, the, like, the, the straight man. That doesn't take away the from the accomplishment. Person. <laughs> I'm not taking away from the accomplishment, but I all right. So you're nuts too. Great. Okay. It's just, <laughs> Thank you. It's just, I'm, I'm, but I can't wait to hear more about platinum trophies from you too. As someone who I don't, I'm, I'm never going to get one. I can't. I'm, I'm ta- no, I'm hilariously bad at video game. games. I mean, okay, I guess I could do that, but I'm also busy. Like, yeah. you can play so, I am Mayo. Okay, yeah, I'm not. You, listen, you can, I am not Greg Miller. I'm not going to roll out and spend a dollar on a cheap plat. That's not how I roll. <laughs> what if it's a dollar for two? If you have a Vita, the first time I do that, yeah, I don't. I actually don't have a Vita. Um, I wouldn't. Yeah, I can't. I can't. If I did that, if I bought a game, it was like, yeah, it's for a platinum trophy. I think my wife would kick me in the balls, just straight up. Just you guys have a hot relationship. <laughs> I mean, listen. You got to keep things interesting when you got three kids. <laughs> Hold on, you got one more thing on here you played that you listed. Yeah, I did. So I didn't play this game this week. Uh, I, I beat Spider Man a few weeks ago, um, but Chad was on the podcast. And my thoughts, he basically this works is once a year, Chad and I get to tell one another you have to play this game. Um, and okay. last year he gave me Spider Man. I gave uh, Chad Metro Exodus. Um, so we have to both beat that game, and so I beat Spider Man. It took me eight months to do it. Um, <laughs> what? Why? But I it. Why? Because I would get into it for a little while, and then I get bored with it, and then I get into it for a little while, and I get bored with it. Um, I've talked. I, I think two weeks ago, I kind of talked about like my opinions. I kept saying I'm gonna wait for Chad to get here, and then I just went right into talking about it because I couldn't contain myself. But basically. I think the traversal is fantastic. The traversal is the glue that holds the whole game together. It's perfect. I like the um, overall, just like the character models and like the way things look is generally very, very good. Um, specifically during cutscenes, everything just looks great. Um, my biggest thing is just the story was just too dragged on. I knew Dr. Octavius was going to be a villain, so like, I'm just kind of waiting for that to happen. And it doesn't happen until like the last 10 missions of the game, it felt like. And then in the last 10 missions, there's some really cool stuff. Like, I think the scorpion-like stuff where you're going through the city and the city's all poisoned now. Like, all that stuff is really cool. Could have used it if that was trickled throughout the game as opposed to all just, like, in the last 10 missions or so. I think that's why it took me so long to beat is just because I go, like, okay, cool. I've done the same thing over and over again for, like, 40 missions. When is this going to change? 
and I was telling Chad like today when the villain's name is Dr. Octavius, I know that he's going to be the villain at the end of this game in some capacity. It's like having a Harry, like a different version of Harry Potter where Harry's mentor is Tom Riddle. And I just know Tom Riddle is going to become Voldemort. And I'm just bored waiting for that to happen. Cause Sounds I know like you just happen. don't like stories. <laughs> <laughs> you hate origin I like, stories. <laughs> I hate, I like being surprised by stories. That's fair. Okay. Yes. Uh, I mean, but it wasn't terrible. I just it didn't didn't speak to me the same. If way you had to give it a, a rating out of thirteen, what would you give it? Oh, now I have to adjust this. I was going to say seven out of ten, so I guess I'll say like eight and a half out of thirteen. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Are you glad you played it? I am glad I played it. I'm glad because I was already skeptical before playing the game. And the things that I was skeptical about, I'm no longer skeptical about, which is how engaging is the combat going to be. The combat was very good, although kind of repetitive, but it was definitely good combat. And you know me, I don't use special abilities in games. I like to just use the fundamentals, and I know that drives Chad crazy, but that's how I like to play games. Um, I think that's why I like Sekiro so much, because Sekiro's really good at that, by the way. But, yeah. And notoriously, uh, like you you aren't necessarily a huge fan of superhero stuff, right? It's not that I'm... Like, I'm going to go see black widow when that comes out i i'm gonna probably check out the disney plus marvel shows that come out like i enjoy superhero stuff but i'm not fanatical about it like most people are but like, i definitely have my nerd moments where like i went to go see infinity war i got out of the theater first time seeing it and just bought a ticket and went right back in again immediately after <laughs> like i'm not opposed to superhero stuff i'm just not as like gung-ho as most people are so you're gotcha. a, you're like a nerd but you're not like a super nerd yeah, my nerdy yeah, stuff's like yeah. Nintendo. Like if Nintendo made a Spider-Man game, it'd be the greatest oh, God. game ever made. <laughs> Speaking of, we're going to transition into my playtime. Uh, this one's a little unorthodox, but the first one on my list is Respawn Aim Fire. Yeah, I was what just going to say, what? What? Uh, I was not on the show for two weeks, uh, recovering from surgery. Still recovering, but um, feeling well enough to do this. The I was listening to your hour-long chat on... Animal Crossing. <laughs> Literally an hour about the Animal Crossing Direct. It was amazing. It was the best conversation I've ever had. And I I went into this chat I so wish thinking... I could have been on that show with you guys. <laughs> like, I'm going to be real. It would have been even longer. <laughs> I was I listening to that. it, and I had a revelation, and I had a change of heart. And the revelation was I became empathetic for the first time to those kids in high school who, like, when they were out, like, doing people behind dugouts, and I was playing hacky sack with my friend in the cafeteria, I looked at... They looked at me the way that I looked at you guys talking about Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I finally understand how they feel. Being able Basically to look down said, on someone. <laughs> which I just said is, I don't play Animal Crossing. I fuck chicks. That's it. That's, that's basically it. basically <laughs> While you guys are all there talking about... <laughs> Your rivers and digging up berries and transforming your tent into a house. A house who Holden is someone who is like, he's not a fan of overhyping things. But when <laughs> I had to go back and find the screenshot of this house when they just de- debuted an empty house. And Holden on the podcast said, oh, my fucking God, this house is so fucking beautiful. Can we talk about it or something like that? And I was like, whoa, Holden, you you went off. It looks so good. <laughs> it was like, it it's an empty so house. Good. Anyway, I mean, but so that just, that empty house is full of possibilities. Okay, exactly. Also, Great. 
You shut your damn mouth. I have to buy three copies of that game. <laughs> Isn't that so stupid? <laughs> oh, well, I wish I mean, that you could sync save files. It's dumb. Well, it, the more I think about it, like, in at first blush, I was like, oh, the syncing thing is kind of weird. But, like, it actually wouldn't impact us because the reason we're buying three copies is so that my three kids can play together at once. So in order to do that, you need three switches and three. I mean, you would need that in order to play any game with three player at once. You know, you need but three PlayStation. But with the power of Project X Cloud. Yeah, you can do okay. That from your smartphone. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, I it, yeah. So, but sure, that's great. But um, so I was annoyed at first, but now I'm like, you know what? That's gonna make a really cool Instagram picture and make me look like a huge. Oh, nerd. yep. Um, I can't. I my like if my kids could come to your house and like absolutely like freaking wedgie you right now, Chad, they would <laughs> because you're like they are. My three children have never been more all in for a video game experience. Ever. I told Holden that I I was so close to literally just buying Animal Crossing New Leaf on my 3DS just to say I gave it a chance. But it's still so expensive. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to pay for something I know I'm going to hate. It's 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. You know how many, like, platinum trophy games I could buy for that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I get, listen, I get it. Well, I'm, never, I'm not going to get a chance to play it. So it doesn't really matter. Like, this is one of those games that I know will very likely be one of the EFG games of the year this year. Like, I I would be insane if it wasn't, you know, b- barring something weird happening, right? But, like, because obviously we don't know what Nintendo's doing pretty much after this, which is right. weird. You could have a hot coffee mod in the game. It'd be really <laughs> oh, hard to God. recommend that. I mean, that'd be oh, weird. God. Like, just seeing Isabel just going yeah, crazy. Yeah, what happened to Isabel? Where is she? Um... <laughs> So what's she doing under that desk? So, um, <laughs> the, I mean, realistically, we all know that somebody made that cartoon already. So, oh, hundred um, percent. So, but <laughs> rule thirty four. But, but I'm just never going to be able to play it, like because anytime you know, my kids are just going to absolutely monopolize it. I'm going to be. Yeah. I'm going to. My daughter has invited me to make a, a, char- a character on her island, so I'll have an island with her. And that way I'll probably be able to like clean up her island if she screws it up because she's seven. But like, you know, it's it, it's like my most anticipated game that I'm never going to get to play. Well, I have uh, – I mentioned that I not only had a revelation but I also uh, – I don't remember what I said the second thing. But the second part of this is that after listening to the entire hour, you guys were so excited and so happy. And you got to talk about it unopposed for an entire – it was like they like this game a lot. I'm going to let them have it. I don't like this game at all, but I'm going to let them like it without bugging them. And then I didn't do that, and I just uh, like bitched all about it right now. So, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you. That's your game of the year. It hasn't even come out yet, but this year you have to play Animal Crossing. Oh, God, I will New throw Horizons, up in your eyes. You have to make a really nice island that meets my standards, and you can't stop playing until Is there an end to that game? Like, is- no, that's um, the thing. There's no end to the game. I hate it. Well, wait. Oh, okay. So, with that said... You could go by the speedrunning community, which is until your house is fully paid off and he won't loan you any more money. Yeah. So that's like when it doesn't roll credits. They roll credits like in an option menu. Like you can choose to play the credits. But yeah, you he could make it make you play until you've fully upgraded your home. 
I mean, it might I be like better the than Metro Exodus. So. I have to approve his island, and I'm just going to make him play it forever. <laughs> the island will never be good enough. Wow. Holden's going to be taking a leave of absence for a couple of years. <laughs> uh, I've right. played a lot more things over the last four weeks. Not four weeks, two. How, how, what is time? Um, two weeks. I played two weeks. That's it. My no, mom that's the came. definition of time is two weeks. Yes. My mom, my dear, wonderful, amazing mother, helped for the first week right after surgery, and we played after I finally felt well enough to play, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. I played that on Switch. It was the first time, even though it came out a year ago? It was last January. Yeah. Um, I had never played it before, and this was maybe the first Mario game that I haven't played that wasn't on Wii U. And it's too easy. It's way too easy. There are so many things in this game from, like, if, when you're a bubble and then you're a little, like, you come back. First of all, the bubble system, obviously, but it's multiplayer. I get it. But then there's, like, oh... You look like you're small. Here's a little mushroom out of nowhere that doesn't even pull from your inventory. The, uh, the, the game's just too easy for me to enjoy it. We played through four worlds. We even did the, some of the star levels. I'm just too good at games, you guys. I'm you just... played through the first... Wait, hold on. You played through four worlds. Yeah, we played through four worlds and okay. even found this, the hidden exits and went to the, the hard part of uh, the hard levels from each of those so four it's, worlds. So it's too easy, even though you didn't get to the end of the game where that's where they put all the hard stuff. So you played, yeah. like, the baby mode levels, and you're like, OMG, I'm the okay, best. Okay, if half the game is baby levels, there's an imbalance there. Sure. <laughs> is um, We're talking about a Nintendo play- game, right? <laughs> <laughs> did you do any of these single-player, or do you play single-player at all? No, just with my mom. I'm not going to okay. sit there and I play a game so- and make my mom watch me wishing she was playing it. Well, she's not at the house anymore. Maybe you played it since then. Oh, no. Um, sorry. It was her game. She brought it. Oh, And she had oh, to take okay. it back home for my nephews and nieces who freaking love that game. Gotcha. I have found that game was harder single player for sure. When you're playing together, you get those benefits of like, oh, one person died. Shake your controller so you get your bubble to go towards them so it pops. But when you're single player, it's, it's, it's a lot harder because you don't have that consideration. I don't think I ever saw like items and stuff like that just falling from the sky to me. Oh, yeah. It happened all the time. Any time that I was small for more than like 10 seconds, there'd be a mushroom floating on screen. That's lame. I played a few more things. I don't want to take up 100,000 years, me. God. Um, the Surge 2. Everyone knows that I've been playing this for uh, about a month now. I beat it. I New Game Plused it. I played some DLC. I really love this game. There are a couple people. If you, if you don't know what The Surge is, it is the, the easy selling pitch of sci-fi Dark Souls. So if you're a fan of Dark Souls and you want to play that in like a tech universe, uh, it's really cool. The there's a really clever system of like how you get armor and weapons. You have to like if you see an enemy with a cool sword, you have to cut that enemy's arm off in order to get that sword. If you want someone's helmet, you got to cut off their head to get the helmet. So um, it's a really cool process that uh, really makes you think about how you're going to approach each and every enemy throughout the game, which is dope. I loved this game a lot. We'll talk a little bit more about it whenever we talk about Platinum Trophies, because yes, I did get that Surge 2 Platinum Trophy. I did not intend on it, but I did it. And then I also it played Concrete... It was an accident. You just stumbled, it was, you just it kinda, across it. It kind of was an accident. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Concrete Genie. This has been on my radar for a bit. This is uh, the play Pixel Opus game. First party Sony Studio. This is the, you're a kid being bullied, and you do graffiti on the walls of this thing. Um... I heard a lot of people talk about this at launch that they really, really enjoyed it and really enjoyed the story. And I started this game, played about two hours of it. 
and it's a beautiful game, gorgeous game, excellent like HDR like showpiece type thing. If you want to show anyone like this is how cool and how much HDR matters, uh, it's really really great for that. There are some interesting mechanics in it as well for like painting and you you paint um, genies and genies help you do some like light puzzle solving. But that got really boring for me after about two hours. I was enamored with it for a good hour. Like I was making the paintings. I was like going into photo mode and like panning the camera and recording me as I just like controlled the camera. And uh, so I tweeted out, "Hey, this is my first painting." And and uh, Pixel Opus and like a trillion people from Pixel Opus uh, liked and retweeted the tweet. I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." But I got bored after about two hours, and I knew the game was only like five hours long. I was like, "Okay, this isn't enough to keep me going." Um, but after I saw all that activity on my tweet, it was like, well, I can't just stop playing it now. I'm going to go back and give it another <laughs> chance. And thank God I did because about 15 minutes later into the gameplay, about halfway through the game, the gameplay takes a, a huge left turn and there's a whole lot of combat and the gameplay mechanics completely change and it gets a lot more interesting and there's like this darkness to it all. Uh, and the story, uh, like I had heard everyone talking about the story and, and up until I got bored with it i was like oh i kind of see this it's about anti-bullying and you're kind of seeing how these kids were bullied themselves and that kind of stuff but then the way that it all turns around is really really cool and pays off really well um it is a it is a great game that is worth your time and your money it is only it is a half price game like full price is 30 bucks but i think i got it on sale for like 15 or something like that yeah this is one of those games that you are not going to have a hard time finding it on sale so yeah uh also got the platinum trophy in that We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. And then finally... First, somebody I, just said, I, I'm done with Platinum Trophy. So like, oh, and also another Platinum Trophy. Mark that one down as a Platinum we'll Trophy. Talk, we'll talk <laughs> about why I'm done with Platinum Trophies in a little bit. These were both pre-giving up on Platinum Trophies. Because he, he got all of them. There are no more to get. <laughs> That's it. This I have 42 is my, now. This, the, the, for the audio listeners, I'm giving my this is uh, Chad is full of shit face. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! You don't know my life! <laughs> and the last game I want to talk about, uh, I'm not finished with it. I'm maybe about halfway through. Is a Plague Tale Innocence. I once I beat Concrete Genie in the Surge Two, I was like, I put out a poll on Twitter, I was like, what should I play next? And everyone voted for this. For the record, and I voted for a Plague Tale also. Did you re- uh, see? I did. We, go. we got one third of us here voted for it. Um, I am really liking this game as well. I had a very similar experience with Concrete Genie, where I played about an hour of it, and I'm like. Okay, I kind of see I mean, people were talking a lot about this game and how it was really good. And I was like, I can see how people might like it. But the first hour was basically escort missions and stealth. Um, and it wasn't until a little bit after that that you actually get into it's a It's a, a story about the plague. And it's not really um, about, like, it's not really action focused. There's not a huge narrative per se in it. It's just about following this girl and her younger brother who's like five or six. Uh, on their journey of like trying to escape the plague and get somewhere safe because they're being hunted by not only the people but also this terrifying swarm of rats like these black plague rats everywhere um but yeah i had the same kind of experience i played for about an hour i put it down i was like okay i kind of get that i'm not really into escort missions and like pure stealth is not really my thing but then after i got into there are two things that hooked me in one the absolute just horror of the rats sections whenever you have like rats literally exploding up from the grounds and the thousands as you're like running through this place terrifying but the sound design was really amazing it kept me on edge and then the the main character and their relationship between her and her brother and the relationship between her and what she has to do in order to keep them safe 
was really, really interesting to me. Um, one of the things that the original, the original reboot of Tomb Raider was praised for is that when Lara Croft kills somebody, sorry, Lara Croft kills somebody for the first time, you can see that it like has an impact on her. She's like, oh my god, I can't believe I just had to do that. But then you go and kill like 30,000 people in the game later and she doesn't even blink an eye. But in this one, you really do feel every single death. You have, for most of the like puzzles and sneaking and stealth and that kind of stuff, you have the option to kill people or figure out a stealthier way to just kind of sneak by or distract them. And there are some times, though, when you can't and you are forced to kill people and just see, like, hearing the person cry out as you are, like, moving toward them and you're just like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I have to do this. I'm like, no, you don't. And just, like, the panic in her voice and the regret is super, really, uh, super great. So I, I encourage people to play A Plague Tale Innocence. It is free with the Xbox Game Pass, which is where I'm playing it currently, uh, which, again, does not have trophies. So that's what I played this week. Steven, we're going to transition over to you. What'd you play? Okay. So I can finally talk about this game. Ooh, um, what is it? Because it is an M-rated video game, and is so it is one that I cannot talk about on my own content. But I want to talk Ooh. about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which may... Very well, and I won't belabor the point because I'm sure you've talked about it in the past, but this may actually be moving into, at at the very least, the top five for me of all time. Is this the first M-rated Assassin's Creed game? No. They are historically all rated M. Are they? Okay. Because mm-hmm. there's, like, mad stabbing people in the heads and shit. I guess that makes sense. Um, But this one, there's, like, a lot of doing it, too. Um, oh, not, like, yeah. on camera... But it is, like, way, like, you know, like, you know what's happening, even if you don't know what's happening. Um, This game has such a compelling gameplay loop that I can't freaking stop. Um, I, every time I, every time I boot it up and say, oh, I'm just going to play for a half hour. And I've got myself convinced I'm going to play for a half hour. I'm going to go to one question mark. I'm going to go to one base. I'm going to do one quest. The narrator pops up and says, he did not play for a half hour. Like Morgan Freeman lives <laughs> in my house and he may as well just say, and he played for three hours and went to sleep at two. Or, yeah, it is such – first off, I'm playing it on uh, – I'm playing it on a launch PlayStation 4 on an HDR television using like the weird software stuff they did. This is the most – astonishingly beautiful game I've ever played. Like I'm looking at this. I think it's interesting to look at this game with the next gen on the horizon, right? Like we know it's coming, right? And to look at this game and be like, damn, like less than a year from now, barring pandemics, we're going to be playing games that look better than this. Just objectively, they're going to. Now, how much we don't know, but I'm like, I don't even know how, it will look better. And I always, and I know we always have this at generations where it's like, oh, well, you know, the P, you know, when you're playing a PS2 game, you're like, there's no way. I have no idea how it's going to be better. And then you play something in HD and you're like, damn. Right. <laughs> and when I was playing on the Super Nintendo, I was like, this is, I mean, that was before you guys were born, obviously. But hey, like, I was born by then. Okay. Barely. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you, were you eating solid food? I was foods alive at, at that the point? tail end of that generation. So the, um, once again, reminding me how absolutely old I am, but the, <laughs> um, but that's okay. That's why we get along. I'm like, I'm like, uh, like a crazy uncle for both of you guys, and that's cool. Um, <laughs> the, it, 
like when I the Super Nintendo, like playing Super Super uh, Castlevania Four, like the Mode Seven and shit, I was like, yeah, this is the hotness. <laughs> it's never gonna go up from here. And like, I always have that shift. But like, literally now, I'm a logical human being who has been quote unquote covering and talking about video games for almost an entire generation. I truthfully don't know how it's gonna get better, and I know it's going to. And that's what's so exciting to me, right? Um, and this game just has me so freaking hyped. Um, the, I, I, I can't stop. I just can't stop. And I, 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 I'm not going to platinum it cause that's madness. Um, <laughs> but it just, every time it drops a new gameplay system on me and it's like, oh, check it out. You know, you got these cultists you can go mess with and oh, now you can go hunt all these legendary beasts. And it's just so great. Have you guys played Assassin's Creed Odyssey? My no, only experience with it is it during uh, Project Stream from Google before Stadia was a thing, and they were just okay. testing it. Do you not like good video games, Chad? Because I'm really starting to question you. I'm not an Assassin's Creed guy. Okay, I but mean, this is, here's the thing. Two Here, Revelations gonna, and Brotherhood, but... Okay, lo- I, I love you like a brother. Let me tell you this. This isn't an Assassin's Creed game. It's just straight up not. It's just not. This is an open-world action RPG where occasionally you wear a hood and you jump off of things in a very specific way. The rest of it, it's an open-world action role-playing game set in ancient Greece. The the Assassin's Creed stuff, like if you were like two, three revelations where it was like very deliberate controls and the combat was not great and it was if you got caught, your job was to just run. That's yeah. it, run. Um, No. I, this is how I, my entire combat encounters will be this. Like I will walk up to a castle and it will be a massive castle full of dudes. And I will send out my eagle drone because it's basically a drone. And then I will scan (laughs) the area and I will know where all the dudes are. And then I will use my bow and I will take out like some of the dudes on towers because they alarm each other. And so that way I can fight them in small pockets. And then I set my swords on fire. I walk through the front door. I find a relatively open place and I murder everyone. And if there's someone that I can't (laughs) kill, I climb to the top of a roof, make them follow me. And then I kick them off of it and murder them with fall damage. I do that over and over again, rinse and repeat. And it is the most satisfying bullshit. Um, Is it hard? Not particularly. I play it on normal because I am comically bad at video games, but everything about it. And then, and then what's better is after you kill all these dudes, they give you loot and then you get to go do the loot thing where you're like, Oh, do I want my hunter damage higher? My warrior damage higher? I get to make loot sets. My favorite thing in video games is to make different sets of loot, like loadouts. Yeah. Oh man. Like I was a world of Warcraft guy and I had gear for everything, every situation. And I get to do that now. It's amazing guys. It's not an Assassin's Creed game. That's the thing you, people have to just wipe that from their brain. It's not. So when they do Ragnarok or whatever the next one is, which I hope it's in ancient Viking, like God, that I sounds would play awesome. the shit out of that. I was after God of War. I'm just like so interested now that's in Norse the, mythology. That's the word on the street. Um, and Ubisoft is a leaking. I don't even know. <laughs> right. Can we come up with like they can't keep a secret, which is fair. <laughs> I mean, they have studios all over the world, right? The word on the street, it's going to be set in in ancient, like, Norse mythology era. I, I, give it to me. Just inject it directly into my veins. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no. Th- if you like open-world action role-playing games. Um, and by the way, if this makes you feel better, because I know you're kind of a baby about this stuff, your weapons don't break. 
Well, <laughs> Holden's much more a baby about that than I am. Oh, I know. I was looking at both. <laughs> Here's the thing with Skype. Skype stacks both of you on top of each other for me. Ooh, so when I look hot. at one of you, I'm looking at both of you at once. Um, uh, <laughs> so that I, you are not the first people who have uh, given me shit about the uh, the weapon breaking thing. I've gotten. Oh, no, I love the weapon breaking durability system. I think it was brilliant. I'm on board. Oh, they don't break. Well, then I guess we all love broken weapons. (laughs) Assassin's Creed Odyssey. They don't break. And man, there's some cool ones. Um, anyway, I, so I think this is a good opportunity to tell you a story about my son. So we rewarded him with his first rated M video game for being very mature around holidays. He came to us and he was like, I know money's tight. Really? You know, I don't care what you get. Just get me. All I want is this one little Lego set. Do what you got to do for my brother and sister, but don't worry about me. I thought that was a very mature thing. Yeah, right? that's awesome. In fact, money was tight. <clears throat> I mean, we ignored it because that's you do. what yep. you do. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was like – then they had this amazing sale on the PlayStation Network, as they always do right around the holidays. And I was able to get the Assassin's Creed Antiquity set, which is Origins and Odyssey, you guys, for 15 bucks. And I was like, honey, listen, can we just do this? Because like – and then I tried to look it up for just uh, Odyssey and it was like 20 And I was like, okay, so for $15, I can get him two games, one of which he probably won't ever play and that's fine. Um, let's just get it. And so she agreed. She was hesitant because he's only 13. But like it's fine. He's just stabbing dudes. And we're fairly confident that he's not going to like roll out like a like – a, freaking spartan warrior and murder half of this class like we don't think that's going to happen um and so he starts and the very first opening island is an odyssey has a giant anatomically correct statue of zeus <clears throat> and what is the first thing that my 13 year old son who is being rewarded for his maturity do he climbs up zeus's junk and yeah, same thing my, I would have done. <laughs> my wife is watching i figured you guys would appreciate this so my wife is watching and i'm like half paying attention because i'm gonna like play it so I'm like not listening to all of it. And I'm sort of messing around on my phone. And all of a sudden my wife goes, Evan, what are you doing? And so I picked up and I was like on my phone, I looked up and all of a sudden there's just Zeus dong. <laughs> just <a> big... <laughs> and he climbs right up on it. And my wife was like real mature. And then the best part is they have custom voice line for that where the, guy, the, the character says, I do not think I should be climbing here. and i heard that and both me and my son died and my wife was like you embarrass me (laughs) well you can you can rest rest knowing that your son is as mature as a 30 year old man as well so yeah oh i I knew he was gonna find friends here like he would fit in you know he's i mean and he's i mean that was the only you know other than that he's he, he he did he it was he was very excited to to disturb his mom in that way, um, <laughs> and now every time we see a statue because they're obviously all over the place, the first thing he does is try and figure out whether he can climb their junk. <laughs> so he's basically the fifth cast member of Respawn Aim Fire. There we go. There's that uh, Twitter about like, can you pet the dogs in this game? There should be a Twitter like, for can you climb the junk in this game? Yeah, the answer is other than Assassin's Creed Odyssey, <laughs> no. I don't know. There are a lot of games out there I haven't played. We haven't seen Animal Crossing New Horizons yet. You should make that account. I think that sounds like a great, like, 
you know, troll account to help support Respawn and Fire, build your reach, you know? There you go. People would follow that. Can you climb the junk? Animal Crossing New Horizons. (laughs) No. (laughs) There's two questions. Is there junk in the game? If there is junk in the game, can you climb it? That's the only criteria. That's it. I think my son Both, just heard. Yes. My son just absolutely heard us talking about that. <laughs> um, no, you can't. There's no junk to climb in a set in uh, Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Well, it depends <laughs> on if you get the right visitors. I mean, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Go back and if to you're using you're that doing. hot coffee bot or not. That's right. Well, let's move on to some of the news that we've got, and because we've got a lot of it, got a lot, a lot, a lot. Talk about our fetch quest, everyone. Y'all know that coronavirus, that delicious, delicious coronavirus. Uh, It's wreaking Mm -hmm. havoc all over video games and the rest of the world. Uh, We have some updates since last time. I think a few weeks ago we talked about, oh, no, it might have a slight delay on the console or maybe some production issue. But now it's canceling everything. Starting with GDC. Xbox, Epic, Unity, PUBG Corp, Oculus, Facebook, PlayStation, Electronic Arts, Kojima Productions all pull out of GDC, and so does GDC also pulls out of GDC. Um, All will be officially postponed until sometime this summer. That was pretty shocking to me that it was able to move that entire conference out of San Francisco. Makes sense though to me. With uh, with all of those companies pulling out, you're not going to want to go, and there's going to be no one to talk to you while you're there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> along with that, more coronavirus stuff. CD Projekt Red and PUBG Corp are pulling out of PAX East, which is currently going on, or just ended. Maybe? It's over now. It yeah, just ended today. They yeah. pulled out over coronavirus concerns, and then Microsoft, the company, not necessarily Xbox, expects to miss Q3 targets due to coronavirus as well. And that's a similar story you'll see all over. Uh, companies worldwide right now. Um, They're more expecting it to impact their personal computing division and not necessarily Xbox. And then finally, Sonic Movie in China release delayed amid coronavirus outbreak. This comes from Joseph Yadin at PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, The new release date will be announced at a later time. I actually have some insight for this that I could uh, give you. So I have a friend in China. I have a couple friends in China. One of them I was talking to was like, what is it like over there right now? She lives in Beijing. And in China, you have a, a, an app on your phone that you have to show. There are out in the streets, there are just police officers everywhere and guards everywhere. And you have an app on your phone, and at any time they can stop you and say, "Show me your app." And your app will t- will have a green screen, a yellow screen, or a red screen based on your status. Green is you are not, you don't have coronavirus, you're not at risk for it, you haven't traveled from somewhere that has it. Yellow means you are currently in like a quarantine period of like two or three weeks, where like. I just traveled somewhere that might be at risk for coronavirus, uh, yellow, or red is I just came from one of the hot zones. And you're not allowed out. You have a finite number of tickets that you can use per week to leave your apartment. So she had three tickets for one week, and she's, if she wanted to go to Walgreens or go to the grocery store or go see a movie, she's like, all right, I get to do that one time this week. That's one of my tickets, and only if I have this green pass on my phone am I allowed to leave my apartment. So that 100%, the extreme measures that they're taking in China, I think, are really going to help for making sure that we curb this before it becomes like a global pandemic that is going to destroy human race. But uh, the Sonic movie, China release date, totally makes sense that people literally can't leave their apartments. So that 100% makes sense to me, too. I just thought it was interesting that that's how it's working over there right now. 
one more thing on coronavirus as well, just before we move on from that. Um, I didn't actually include this in the notes. I don't, I don't know why. Um, South Korea had a big uptick in coronavirus. And oh, the yeah. reason that's relevant to this podcast is that we, we don't know where the SSDs are being made for the next-gen consoles. But it's kind of we were speculating the, hello, the one component that's kind of specialized that they couldn't just get from somewhere else. Yeah. Samsung is a South Korean company, and there's a chance that they are the ones who are making those hard drives, in which case that definitely could impact the production of the next-gen consoles. But again, we'll just have to see. It really depends on how things shape up the next few months. Yeah. Um, I just got back from New York Toy Fair last weekend. And you know how coronavirus. No. um, But (laughs) let me tell you, every company I met with, and I met with a lot of the bigger ones, Every single one of them said, hey, so this is our scheduled release dates, Q2 through Q3, Q4. Board games are a little bit different with video games because a lot of them are, it's released and it's on and it's manufactured and then it has to get here on a boat. And so a lot of them, there's just so much variance. There's just really no way to set like a hard release date yeah. um, unless you're like Asmodee and like you own the universe. Like. There are a lot of smaller companies or even mid-sized companies can't set release dates. Picture, um, you know, like Annapurna. If they were like, yeah, we're putting out games, but like, I don't know when. It's like Q3, but like whenever it's here. So all of them said, all of this is made up. We have no idea. It could be, um, you know, it, it could be later. It could be on time. We have no idea. Um, because they're all beholden to Chinese manufacturing. <laughs> if Chinese manufacturing gets back up to speed, then, um, you know, relatively quickly, it really depends on how they deal with their current bottleneck because like they've still been accepting orders because they're accepting orders is all digital. And a lot of their orders are based on like a bidding system. So like if the three of us were all trying to make a board game, like in some of those places, if I knew that I was coming in late and I just threw a dump truck of money at them, it's just an accepted practice that I would move ahead of both of you guys, even if you were already there. So it's just a big like logistics nightmare. And it's, you know, so it, it could impact the video game space. Like we don't know, but it probably, it is a hundred percent impacting the board game space already. Um, there are a number of Kickstarters that are like currently in fulfillment that are just like, sorry guys. And not, and a big piece is, um, they, it's making shipping more expensive because if there's more stuff trying to ship all at once, then you're bidding your way onto a ship. So there's a lot of small board game companies, maybe single designers that did Kickstarter that are eating shit right now. And they may have to, they, they may have to shut down, um, which is, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. That's not good. It's not good. And you know, I mean, there's a game that I backed last year, and they sent out the the guy sent out an update, and he's like, "Look, if I wasn't in a better financial situation to be able to eat some of these losses, I would either have to charge more shipping from you guys, which the reality is people don't like that. They, you know, they're more likely than not there would be a lot of cancellations, which would be a problem, um, or he would have to just stop it, and his games would just be sitting on a dock in China, and they'd never be able to come here, and he'd probably have to go bankrupt." <laughs> You know, it's just, it's a mess and it's yeah. not anybody's fault, right? I mean, it's just, you know, this is illness. Um, and obviously they, China needs to do what they can to try and stop it. Um, but man, it's, you just don't, it's stuff that I never really thought about. Yeah. You know, down how it all comes downstream. I think it's also something that 
like the last thing I can remember that's really big like this was like maybe SARS. Um, and it's we've evolved so much technologically and like communications wise all over the world that I think this is the first time that we've ever really seen how all of this is handled globally. And it's just like it's so much more complex and immense than I thought it could ever be. Mm-hmm. Um, as a parent of three kids in grade school, my wife and I had a very real talk uh, this past week about like what would happen if they closed schools uh, because they've done it in Japan. They've done it in China. And that is a very – the I, I use the word easy but like understand that I don't mean easy, right? Like – but it's – it's something that a town can do to like to say, listen, we're trying. You know, if there's a pot, like if there's a positive case in a town nearby us, I would not be surprised if they just closed schools for a week or two weeks, and yeah. so we'd have to deal with our kids being home. You know, what do we do? I mean, I can work remote, but so that's that's something you know I never would have thought about, like apocalypse preparation, and it's not really the same thing. Like, it's not you know we know it's a two percent ish you know rate you know we're not playing plague inc but like it's crazy to think about like what do we have to do if we're stuck in the house for two weeks are we ready like you know what kind of supplies like looking through our stuff to be prepared it's a very it's it was it was sobering you know coming from toy fair it was like oh well our board games come late who cares (laughs) to you know the cdc being like no u.s residents should be prepared for having to be quarantined for two weeks and you know, there's idiots on Facebook that are not talking about it and, and being like, oh, well, the world's not going to end. Well, like, no, duh. But, like, you still got to deal with the quarantine. Yep. Like, what do you do if you can't, you know, Postmates isn't bringing you your stuff. <laughs> right. If you're quarantined. So what are you going to do? Um, and so, you know, so it's been it's been an interesting discussion. You know, I mean, it's affecting everybody. The fact that we're just video game podcasters and we just spent 10 minutes talking about it. Right. Like, yep. And it's relevant to us. We're not just nerds just rapping about disease. Like, this is relevant to <laughs> this. Um, you know, the Olympics are in Japan. I know. Yeah. And they're coming up soon. And they're talking. And they're, it, I have read more than one official organization start recommending postponing it. Postponing the Olympics. Like, they didn't do that when we were at war with Russia. <laughs> like, like, they didn't delay the Olympics for the Cold War, but they're talking about it here. It's just absolutely insane. So, anyway, that's – just thought I'd add some extra yeah. crap. <laughs> Holden, do you have anything to add? No. Speaking of monumental shifts in the human race, <laughs> mountains are moved in Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> uh, as that and Sonic Forces are announced as PS Plus games for March, says Nicole Carpenter Polygon. Woo! What a good month. What a good couple of months it's been for PS Plus games. Um, I mean, Sonic Forces is crap, but Shadow oh, Colossus. Yeah. I mean, when I read that sentence, I blacked mode. out when I read Sonic Forces. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Xbox games with gold for March are also announced, says PD Onito at IGN. Telltale's Batman, The Enemy Within, and Castlevania Lords of Shadows 2. Not quite as good of a month as Shadow of the Colossus remake, but still pretty pretty good um full disclosure anyone that's listening that Batman game not for families no mm-hmm. no it is it is uh mm-hmm. it is an m-rated game as well right yes yeah. there's a lot of folks that and this is this is like batman himself is i mean he got the deadpool effect a long time ago right where it's like he is not a family-friendly 
character, but like because they made family friendly content for him, he's kind of like yeah. become that way. But like his villains are all like he doesn't kill people, but like his villains are freaking crazy. And so like you know the, the and so there's just a lot of folks that just assume oh it's Batman it's fine it's we can watch, we can let our ten year old play you know play that and it's like the opening scene of this is it somebody gets shot in the head. This is just so yeah. Yeah, just not. not I throw that out there. I don't think your audience gives a crap, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. You know, just to stick with my brand. You're just looking out. Just looking looking out out for the homies. They're all it takes is one person who's like you know showing it to like their new girlfriend's kid. And like, oh, it's cool. You know, video games are great. We'll just play this Batman game. And then she walks in as, you know, little Timmy sees her new boyfriend playing Batman and the guy gets shot in the head. Like, I'm trying to save. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to save your future stepchild and helping out. <laughs> what a specific scenario. Y'all can imagine that scenario, though. <laughs> yeah, don't even, t- don't, even pl- don't even play like you can't. Because that's the way that's that's a way in, you know. She got a kid. You'd be like, "Oh, it's cool. We play video games. It's fine. Let's play play Horizon Zero Dawn, guys." Oh God, okay? everyone, just do that regardless. Play Horizon Zero Dawn. Anyway, yeah, we could do we could have. So anyway, we'll do a segment in, in the the next time I come on. We'll do a segment of games you can play with your girlfriend's children that <laughs> won't end the relationship. A Done. plus one. Well, anything Nintendo. Except Animal Crossing, apparently. Um, and but definitely Animal. Well, Crossing. Animal Crossing: and, New Horizons, you can climb onto the dick. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't want any of that. <laughs> and then uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. It's like a complete listicle, all in one podcast. This be great. <laughs> Sorry, but just thinking of the Animal Crossing thing and how that would work. That means there'd have to be like a town project where you say, "Hey, I want to spend two hundred thousand bells to build this penis in the middle of my <laughs> middle of my <laughs> town." I'll be real. I'm gonna be and real. Like Reddit would make that happen. Like you, if you're like, I need two hundred thousand bells so I can erase it, so I can erect a giant penis in my on my island. Good choice of words. Reddit would help. You. Oh, I definitely did that on purpose. <laughs> I'm a writer, sir. Oh man, <laughs> moving on. Microsoft has added five new titles to Project X Cloud from Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. If you are an Android user and you're using X Cloud, you can now get access to A Plague Tale Innocence, City Skylines, Journey to the Savage Planet, Age of Wonders, Plantfall, and Mud Runner. If you're on iOS, it's still just Master Chief Collection, um, but still <laughs> fun still nonetheless. Cool. That's still weird that there's a Microsoft thing on Apple. Like, it still weirds me out. Like, excluding Office, because that's ubiquitous and yeah. doesn't really count. But, like, the fact that you can play a Halo thing on an Apple thing still weirds me out. I and mean, what are they going to put it on a Windows phone? Oh! <laughs> I mean, fun. I mean, true facts. I'm not saying that it's a bad idea. It's, tell me it's not weird. Tell me it's not weird. I think 15 years ago it would have been weird. Even 10 years ago it would have been weird. Bro, it's still weird. It's cool. It's still weird. It's still weird. Remember, I'm a veteran of the console wars. Like, we used to kill each other over (laughs) Sega Genesis versus Super Nintendo. It's not the way that way anymore. Now the way is one of peace, and there's no fighting on the internet about video games. (laughs) But, you know. I thank you for your service. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a joke we don't make. Let's just not. <laughs> I didn't um, make it. You made it in your head. I said, yeah, okay, I did. All right, let's go. Harmonix <laughs> unveils Fuser, a music mixing game where you play as a festival DJ. Michael McWhorter from Polygon says, Holden, how hard are you right now after hearing that headline? Not at all. What? But you love <laughs> DJ music and EDM and serial killer stuff. So that's the thing. So I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. What are the, like, what kind of, like, 
songs can I mix? And it's like, oh, a 50 Cent track and Blue Oyster Cult. And I'm like, yeah, that's not my music. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I listen to so the, give the it, trailer and it's like, oh, there's Billy Eilish give it in time, there. though. Give it time, though. This is harmonics. They've done some deep shit. Um, this is the video game form of drop mix. Do you remember? Do you guys know of drop mix? No, no. Okay, how do I say this? Um, drop mix is fuser, but in card form. You got a thing. You hooked it up to an iPad and had like this yes, tray. Yes, I do know. And this. you drop the cards do down. This. Um, I am the proud holder of the uh the Transformers theme in drop mix cards because they were giving them out at conventions and I kept going back and getting more of them because of course <laughs> I did. Um, it was Hascon, so it's not like there were a lot of people there, so I was able to just keep going. Um, so uh, it it the idea was that you could remix anything. So you could remix the, the lyrics to In the Club to the the guitar beat. Of course, I'm going to choose in the club. You look at me of and you're course. like 50 Cent fan number one. Um, but you can mix it with the bass track from Bye 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 by NSYNC. And then you can get the drums from like – and you just keep going. And it, and it absolutely worked. Like it 100% worked. And it was super cool ways to make interesting mixes. Um, they used to – at PAX one year, they just had people just – they had random people from the crowd come up and like do DJ sets. Not even joking of like 15 minutes playing with these cards. And this is a video game version of that. And um, it is – so uh, I – Amanda Farrow, my podcast co-host, went to PAX East and played it. And she texted me. And basically, it was just a series of exclamation points. <laughs> um, now, I am an unmitigated hype monster. And she is one with me. So, um, you know, we're, we're obviously going to think critically when it comes out. But this sounds like it's going to be the truth. I uh, am a fan of harmonics, for sure. And I will play a demo of this game if it exists. But... Not a fan of the music or the DJ mentality. Let's That's just fine. say that. That's fine. I'm excited that Harmonix is making a music game, a straight-up music game that doesn't require peripherals. Yeah. Because if all it is is their licensing and their software, it's going to be bananas. Because, I mean, they've made – you just can't sell peripherals anymore, right? Like, there's nobody they wants made them. A, uh, they made a VR music game last year, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. D- d- does playing on a VR headset count as playing without a peripheral? I mean, you're, uh, I don't know. you're like a place literal... you're in controller, maybe not. I don't know. We don't think that the VR headset counts as a peripheral. No, it's got it's electrolytes. Got it's got what plants crave. <laughs> <laughs> um, what like I mean, toilet? I know, I know you're <laughs> Mister Beat Saber. Yeah, but... uh, platinum trophy number four in the world on Crab Rave. What? Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I think, Were you thirsty or did you want to drink at that like moment for a uh, Drink what? Uh, what are you talking t- about? <laughs> He's definitely. Um, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be cool, but I probably won't play it long term just because I don't like music in general. Oh, like, Stephen, it's who not, hurt you? No, it's not. You know, like I just listen. I listen to podcasts in the car. Yeah, and so it's not that I don't like music. That's a weird way to say it. It's just I don't like. Music, like I'll, I don't go to concerts ever. I will never go to a concert in my life unless it's my children performing in it. And even then, I'll be like, "Can you Facebook me?" <laughs> um, and um, like I don't seek out, like I don't get excited because new albums are coming out or anything like that. Like if a song is cool, YouTube will tell me. 
So this is, I'm more interested in the experience and I'm, I'm really interested in games like this that enable creativity because I'm way more into seeing what other, what cool stuff other people do. Cause I'm terrible and not very good at stuff like that. So <laughs> I would be an embarrassment to humanity, but like someone is going to be like, you know, someone's going to figure out how to like remix, you know, I'm a bad guy to like the super Mario theme and it's going to slap and we're all going to want it. And it'll be somehow like the only way to watch it will be to watch the, the live stream on YouTube. And yes, I'm a grown ass man, and I said that something was gonna slap. I love it. I also love that you hate concerts because I also hate concerts. I can't. It's because I don't like people. I'm a huge New England Patriots fan. Like I and I will never go to a game ever. My wife was like, "Do you ever want to do it?" No. I have Aaron no Hernandez interest. Might kill you. Just kidding. He's dead already. I watched no, the no, documentary. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't worried beforehand. I mean, it's not that I could outrun him. It's just there's it, he. I anytime he saw me, I would be in a target rich environment, and I'm a I'm comfortable that I'll blend in. Dallas showed me. me a picture of him with Aaron Hernandez. And at first, I was like, "Who's that?" He's like, "Aaron Hernandez, the guy who killed a bunch of people." And after watching this documentary, I'm like, "I'm so glad he's alive. I'm so glad Dallas was within distance enough to touch him, and he didn't die." I'm proud of him. Yeah. Me too. Two more stories on our Fetch Quest list. Platinum announces new game project GG and releases first trailer, says Joe Scrabbles at IGN. This will be in along the vein, a a trilogy of superhero titles along the vein of Wonderful 101 and Beautiful Joe. And Samurai Jack. Shinshinagogo, baby. What? Um, Shinshinagogo, baby. What is Um, that? You never played Beautiful Joe? I didn't, no. Jesus. That was PS2, right? And GameCube. GameCube. And get, yeah, I never had either of those systems. <laughs> I was an Xbox guy. God, I'm so old. <laughs> That's fine. Um, beautiful. So, how about this? Um, beautiful Joe needs to come back. Like, I'm not saying it should. Like, I'm saying that this world needs Beautiful Joe to come back. Um, Beautiful Joe, it's just a 2D brawler platformer where you play as a guy who is a movie buff, more or less, and he gets an ult- he gets like a stupid Ultraman suit and he gets superpowers and he manipulates time and he just yells stupid stuff. <laughs> and one of the things he yells is Shin Shin a go go, baby. And, um, that's what I get. And it's, he's so <laughs> great. It's so great. It's so dumb. God, you would love it. You well, if it ever comes the- to Xbox Game Pass, that's probably where I would end up playing it. But it sounds like maybe not. <laughs> it only came well, on maybe. I mean, realistically, Platinum could just... I mean, they did a Kickstarter yeah. for Wonderful 101. Why not just do a kick... I mean, which was stupid. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> so what did they need? What were they kickstarting? Um, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, no, this looks great. I, maybe, fine. We'll fight giant kaiju with a giant robot. Sure. Plat- a platinum plat- uh, Pacific Rim, the video game as made by Platinum Games. And Sign me up. Interestingly enough, this is their first self-published, like, indie published game. Which means it's going to be wacky really as me. shit. Yeah. I'm in. They've made a ton of games. They've been around for a while. And this is the first. Yeah. Proud of you, Pub- Platinum. Publishing games is hard. <laughs> That's it. Publishing I games is hard know. and expensive. And they've had some... <laughs> Not great games with some of their licensing agreements. They certainly have. <laughs> Here's looking at you, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, oh what man. you oh what you could have been. Although I still stand by it. Transformers Devastation is arguably one of the best games they've ever made. 
I didn't play that one. I did um, play uh, Metal Gear Solid like Rising Revenge, though. I was not like a Transformers kid, no. Well, that's because, like, most of the, like, you you were born, like, when Bayformers were a thing, basically. So, um, so yeah, I can't blame you. Yep. And then finally, Samurai Wait, Jack video game announced. It's a, oh, excuse me for the hiccup. That was weird. Uh, wasn't that like a version of Transformers that were like Bayformers is referring to the movies that are directed by Michael Bay, which uh, are an abom- which are see I was thinking which are like the Dino Transformers, and then they're like I don't know like the cool kids who hang out in the Bay Area. <laughs> I was thinking like you're my Bay kind of thing, like oh, oh Bayformers, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Transformers Ooh. are like you know relationships with each other, and it's like more like Degrassi with with Transformers instead. Um, there's definitely fan art of that on the internet. Oh, I'm sure. Prove That's it. That's rule 35. Tweet it to nope. us. Nope. <laughs> Samurai Jack video game is announced for PC, PS4, Xbox, and Switch, says Matt Kim at IGN. Uh, this is really interesting in that like the, the trailer for the game, it looks a lot like the anime itself, even though it's a 3D game, yeah. which is pretty cool. Uh, I, again, was never really a Samurai Jack fan growing up, but this game looks cool, and I know people freaking love that. And It's Emmy Award winning, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually watched the first episode. And it was really good. I don't know why I didn't watch the rest of it. Uh, Travis, yeah, Travis, and who was who else had a Samurai Jack podcast? Travis and Perez. Oh, that's a, right, that's right. They had a Samurai Jack podcast. Moving on to our Microsoft Quest log, we have a rundown. It's basically one big story, and here's how I want to do this. I want to read off an overview of everything that we've got. And then we can pick little things to talk about if we find something interesting. Sure. Um, starting with what you can expect from the next generation of gaming from Phil Spencer himself at Xbox. Here are kind of the bullet points of things that he released in a press release um, about the Xbox Series X. There is a, quote, superior balance of power and speed. Uh, some of that comes from the next generation processor, which has 12 teraflops of GPU performance. To give you some perspective, there were six on the One X. And 1.31 for the very first Xbox One. So it's like almost 12 times as powerful. Maybe like 10 or 9. Something like that. Anyway. They said it's it's a little over 8 times. So there you go. See, I said 8 or 9. There you go. Nailed it. There's variable rate shading, which GPU cycles can now be dedicated to specific actions on the screen rather than uniform, uniformly to every single pixel. So they can make something that's important or a character that's important. Uh have better shading than maybe some of the shit that's way in the background that doesn't matter. Or more appropriately, they can de-emphasize the unimportant crap so they could save processing power exactly. so that they can lock things in at 60 frames by making it because we don't care about the grass in the background when whatever 60 samurai dude is killing people. Talk about oh, that- 120 frames. What? Well done. Well done, Segway. <laughs> And that will all be supported by hardware-accelerated direct X-ray tracing. will be used for lighting effects and reflections, and now confirmed to support audio as well. Immersion in an instant. There are a couple of things here about uh, latency and speed. So th- we've already heard about most of this, actually. But the SSD in particular, there's the quick resume feature, which is basically allowing you to resume a, a thing without loading into it, a game without loading into it like we have now, but for multiple games. Um, and there's a related article from Tom Warren at The Verge that says Microsoft's Xbox Series X will be able to resume the game even after a reboot. So if you have to update your console or something like that, you That's can still snap right back. Nuts. That's bananas. Yeah. This will be really nice when, like, oh, I'm playing a uh, Plague's Tale, and somebody's like, hey, you want to 
I'm going to go play some Siege. And I'm like, maybe I do. And I can just leave Plague's Tale, go play something else, and not have to worry about being out of save point. Or if you're doing a software update, you don't lose your progress. It's not like, oh, yeah. let me save my game. Like, you just do the software update. So good. Brilliant. So good. Dynamic latency input for more responsible, more responsive controls. Uh, so better response with your controller. And then HDMI 2.1 innovation. This is nice. Uh, it's something you could technically do right now if you knew how to work your TV. But both the One and Series X better communication to your TV to keep the optimal settings in sync across the Xbox and TV. Basically saying... If you, it will automatically be able to put your TV or a compatible TV into low latency mode, uh, or it will also be able to like match the refresh rate on the TV to the content that's being on it, so that you have less risk of screen tears and things like that as well. A few more features to talk about. Actually, just one big one: uh, the next generation of game compatibility, smart delivery. Buy your Xbox game and know that they'll be playable across the family of Xbox consoles. All Xbox Game Studios titles will support the feature, and all developers and publishers will have access to this feature as well. Cyberpunk already said, CD Projekt Red said Cyberpunk 2077 will automatically upgrade to the Series X version for free when it comes out. Uh, And then Square Enix has similarly said uh, they won't be releasing any PS5 or Xbox Series X exclusive games uh, for a while. They didn't directly say smart delivery. My assumption is just because there's not an equivalent feature announced for PS5 yet, and they didn't want to just make a blanket statement. Um, but it seems to point that they're probably going to support that as well. Yeah. What of all of that makes you so giddy? For me, it's finally seeing the 12 teraflops performance. I feel like that's something be... Is that not something we've seen before? No, they never said how... They've said... Vague things like it's six times more powerful than they've said, like those kind of statements. And basically, they were talking about it. Like, I had speculated, does this mean it's 24 teraflops of performance? Even Digital Foundry was thinking, like, that was tw- uh, 24 teraflops of uh, performance. And now we know it's 12 teraflops. We had seen rumors that it might be as low as nine or as high as 12. And now we see it's on the higher end of where it ended up being rumored. Um, so that's nice. And I guess, like, kind of, I've been. Just tell you about how to like think about like what teraflops actually means because there's been a lot of talk of like well like it's a nice number to know but it's not actually like indicative of how games are exactly going to look. It's like we know how much clay they have to work with. They can do whatever they want with that big pile of clay. They cannot use most of it. They could use to like realize they don't uh, have uh, they didn't have enough clay to do what they wanted to use, and that's why the games like buggy doesn't work well or whatever. But like they have 12 teraflops of performance as opposed to half the size on the xbox one x like we know that now that's nice to know and it kind of points the direction of like when playstation announces how powerful their console is if they mention teraflops it's because it's higher than 12 if they don't mention teraflops it's because it's lower than 12 and so it's kind of nice to have like that context knowing that when we hear from playstation we can kind of infer like how powerful these consoles are going to be in relation to each other so i i, I took that as the biggest thing for me interesting I buy that. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes perfect sense. It's we have what it means is it's a big number that tells us nothing, right? Like, and that's what's so cool <laughs> right, about <exactly>. it. <laughs> that's what's so cool about it. Like, it, it's teraflops are the new bits, and it's cool. It's awesome. I mean, it is fascinating to think about how much pro like how much stuff these things are going to be able to run i'm actually more less interested in the impact that's going to have on graphics and more interested on the complexity that is going to be able to be shoved into the back end because 
the machine's going to be able to run like one hell of a nemesis system. <clears throat> right. You know? Yeah. Like, and that's going to be like, think about strategy games and AI and like all that other stuff that it can do. Like these games are going to look gorgeous. Right. But like, man, like I don't, I'm, I'm already bad playing against AI. I am so hosed in this new one, but I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Speaking of the Nemesis system, I think my favorite part of it was the smart delivery. And we've had like things that have hinted towards this being a feature and we've like had inklings about it. But it's nice to have that confirmation that when you buy a game on one system, you don't have to pay an upgrade fee like we saw with the PS3. Like your game will just be the better game on the Series X whenever you get it. Uh, and you don't have to worry about the like you can buy shadow of mordor but you have to pay ten dollars to upgrade or you can buy you don't have to worry about super mario kart deluxe 8 anymore because like the new version with all the bells and whistles or whatever the the upgrade the textures whatever it is they'll just be there for you waiting you don't have to worry about purchasing anything extra for that uh and i think that's really exciting to just have that confirmed and i think with cyberpunk jumping on board it looks like square enix jumping on board like that's going to become the de facto like new standard going into this generation which is great for consumers terrible for anyone who makes a lot of money off of remasters <laughs> here's looking at you capcom yeah and that also means um, that, like hey i don't have to buy another skew of siege on xbox if i want to play i don't play it on xbox anyway but like those games that are confirmed like yeah we're gonna have these online multiplayer experiences on the system as well you don't have to buy another skew it's just already there it already works better it does make sense when you think about the behavior of some of these companies, like this feature has been, that must have been known to the greater publishing community for a little bit, yeah. right? Because Capcom talking, you know, they had said, they said openly at the beginning of this generation, they said that our strategy is remasters and now it's exploring, you know, bringing back some of their old IP, right? And mm -hmm. like, um, and whereas before it was, you know, we're just porting everything to the new system. Whereas, it, it, whereas now they're like remastering and like doing really cool stuff or trying to hopefully doing Marvel versus Capcom four, you cowards. Um, <laughs> but like the, I think that it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how people adapt to that. Cause you're right. I mean, th there are a fair number of companies that definitely made a whole lot of money remastering all their crap for Xbox one PS4. And they, they they could still do it, but man, will it make them look like crap? Yeah, it's going to be like I figure if anyone does go that route, it's going to be. Remember when they had the online pass? We had to pay ten dollars if you bought a used game to play it online. Like <laughs> that was a thing for about a year, and then finally one company says, "Nope, we're not doing that anymore." And everyone else is like, "Well, we look like assholes if we still do it." And that's exactly mm -hmm. how, there's going to be people who say, no, you will have to pay an upgrade fee or I am going to release a new version of this that you have to pay for $60 if you want the 4K textures or better frame rate. And people are going to be like, nope, not OK anymore. Yeah, it's it's definitely obviously a good thing to have confirmed. I do feel like this is largely a rebranding of Xbox One and X enhanced games. Because that's basically the same exact thing as smart delivery. It's just applying to a wider range of, of consoles now. Like they couldn't call this Xbox One X Enhanced games because it doesn't just apply to Xbox One X Enhanced anymore. Or Xbox One X, I mean. It's the, the Xbox One Enhanced program is basically you buy a game on your Xbox One, that's going to be the same exact game you're using in your Xbox One X. Where that's kind of the announced this whole like generationless concept and saying we're just going to basically be making better and better consoles. So in terms of this, like, they already had that, hey, if you 
are playing Red Dead Redemption 2 on a 1X, we'll download the 4K assets um, for you. We'll treat this like the 1X version of it. They just really had to rebrand that and say, hey, this also applies to this quote-unquote next generation. It's not really a next generation, but it's a next generation uh, console. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's, so it's, like, it's nice to have that confirmation, but I feel like it's more there to put pressure on Sony. To be like, you have to do this, but I think they're. Pr- I feel like Sony. If so- when Sony officially announces this, then this is going to be a huge deal to me. I totally expected this from Microsoft, even though there was questions, and even I like brought this on my predictions that like there'd be a Forza exclusive to Sir- Series X. Like I still had this curiosity: will there be exclusive games for the Series X as well as these kind of games that play across all and look better on the new console? Um, Obviously, that was confirmed like last month that they weren't going to be doing that. Right. So this like kind of falls in line, and really, and I think largely just shows that Phil Spencer has had this consistent vision that he's been executing on and laying the groundwork for, and we're getting to that point now. Yeah, One X. I think obviously people kind of view One X as like a mid generation console, but really, if you look at Phil Spencer's plan, that was this is just like another One X, like another step up. Yeah, and we I think you're right about the rebrand. It's just taking that. And applying it to something, it's, it's easing that mindset of this is no longer a generational thing. It's more of a platform. And yeah. this is the way that he's doing it. He's like, oh, by the way, we're taking this feature that really is the same exact thing, but we're like giving a hint of a next-gen title mm-hmm. just yeah. to let you know that, like, yeah, the next time we do this, we won't need that because Xbox platform is going to be the thing that you're thinking. Um, so we're yeah. just, he's just kind of priming the consumer Mm-hmm. to like get that out of their headspace and i think a part of this too this is like to kind of like uh chad and, uh, and i uh, as well as matt and dallas had a text thread going on about this where i was kind of like is this really a big deal at all like this isn't really new information we already knew this and i kind of feel like thinking back on that i feel like we to us this is more obvious because we've been following this so closely but to someone who hears it's like a you know mom at the store getting to buy the new xbox because it doesn't have that one name on it anymore She's going to ask, oh, is this just a brand new Xbox? Because the last time I bought an Xbox, I had to buy Destiny again. Right, exactly. Like, and I, So like, I think this is here for that person. Um, but largely, like, I'm excited to see how Sony responds, because they're going to have to respond in, yes, we're doing this too. They can't not yeah. respond that way. They also, at this point, I don't think that even if they were going the other way, could revert back. Like, this is something that you have to set up for a while now. Yeah, and if I were Square Enix and I'm talking to uh, to uh, to Microsoft and hearing about this plan to make a generation list, and I go to Sony, I'm I'm probably going to bring that up and be like, "Hey, we have this business model that's going to work really well for us as a developer. Like, how can you support us in that?" They probably aren't as direct saying, "Hey, your competitor's doing this thing that's really awesome," but they probably were having conversations with Sony, and Sony does seem responsive to developer needs in that way. So I I feel like even without the pressure from Microsoft, they probably would do it anyway and follow suit with that, but it's that public pressure that's going to mean a lot, too. For sure. So I think one of the big questions I have remaining around smart delivery is how many third-party discoveries... Discoveries, God damn it, Developers are going to be discouraged from now making those updates. They would have put in a remaster. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Obviously, Xbox and PlayStation are doing things to make older games run better with like what we... We assume from PlayStation, but we know from Xbox, they're like, your old games will just run better on Series X. They may have more stable frame rates, that kind of stuff, and they may look better. They'll be upscaled. But, like, if they were going to add something on the, on the scale of, like, a Nemesis system 
or even something just a little bit less than that that they would have put in a remaster but doesn't make sense to spend money on to develop if they're literally going to make zero money on it because of that i feel like their only options are now don't do anything because it's not worth it monetarily or remake the entire game re2 style and release it again for 60 bucks and i feel like whatever the in-between we might see disappear I'm totally for like remasters and all that kind of going away, and and just having it kind of continue on. Like when I like you talk about the GG app, for example, I go to the GG app and I'm like, oh, I just played um, the Last of Us. Well, did I play the Last of Us? But the Last of Us remastered. Like I played the Last of Us. Like it doesn't really <laughs> matter that it was the remastered version of that game. Did you play it at um, 60 FPS or 24 as God intended? <laughs> uh, the the big question I have with this is a question that even we have shared as well is what happens to like the box art and stuff like that when we do start getting Series X ex- exclusive games? Yeah. Because there's going to be some sort of transitional period there. Is it just going to be they just say Xbox at the top of it and on the back there's this little like thing that says works on Xbox One, One S, One X, and Series X and Series S or like whatever it ends up looking like. Like what is... That's still a question that we have. It's not really a question that they have to answer at this point because they basically said that doesn't matter right now. Yeah, all of our games. They are bought coming themselves a couple of years systems. at least. They bought, yeah, and I would be just absolutely floored if one, like, if you know, Activision decided to come out and say, "Oh, we're going to charge ten dollars, <laughs> like, uh, for upgrades." It's just not going to happen. Nope. Um, I think the other thing this does that's really smart, actually. Um, I personally, at this point, don't think that coronavirus is going to, like, delay the consoles. But let's just say, hypothetically, it did. In the holiday season, no one's going to say, oh, I'm not going to buy Call of Duty, because I'd rather just wait to get it on the Series X. They'll just continue buying games. It's also going to help with transitions into the, quote, next generation, which is not going to be a next generation at this point, but bear with me. They're not going to have that period where someone's going to have a dip in sales for software when they've announced the new consoles like that's just right. that all that stuff's kind of just gone now they don't it's have really to release two different assassin's creed games one for old gen and one for new gen just to make sure that they sell enough assassin's creed games yeah it was a black flag and unity they released or no it was like a uh, rogue and unity i think Bro- yeah, yeah. Rogue and, yeah but black flag was released on both yeah and you yes, could that- pay the ten dollars <laughs> to get the other version of it on ps4 if you wanted yeah, it's going to be a mess. I am uh, not looking forward to explaining it to parents. <laughs> yeah, that's not even be the, a the little because they're programmed. You know, at this point, they're programmed to be used to the way generation shifts work. Um, and obviously, you know, I want to be able to say that it'll be easy, and I think it probably will be because I mean, they use it's probably it's like the phone model, you know. Yep. Um, but like, you know, people, it's it, I'm just not looking forward to it. I I, yeah. I just want all the details out so I can suss it out and figure out the easiest way to explain it to very confused parents that just want to buy a thing and have their kid happy on Christmas morning. Yep. You know? It's, and it'll they don't be, really care I what color green it is. Right. I don't expect this to happen, but it will be even worse if PlayStation doesn't go this route. And if you do have to pay the $10 upgrade fee or whatever it is on PlayStation, but you don't on Xbox and then it just works on that, that's when it will get like super confusing. That, that would, would be. be... <laughs> you guys literally Ugh. said that in tandem on my stream right now. <laughs> um, same for me. That would be the equivalent of this generation's five hundred and ninety-nine U.S. dollars. Oh god! I was yeah. going to say it'd be the equivalent of like Xbox could pull the whole. Here's how you share a game, like PlayStation right. did. Yep. 
they'd be oh, the same kind of thing. Oh man, yeah. could you imagine? Could you imagine I, if Microsoft have a field day? Sony does. Could you imagine if Sony does? Like, all right, I want to work for the Microsoft, like for the Xbox social team for the week after <laughs> Sony. Like, if Sony like does that, like this is a hypothetical situation. I don't think that will. But let's say they decide that you have to pay ten bucks, to, you know, whatever to to upgrade whatever game. Um, I want to work for like I want to work in that social team because could you imagine just sitting around being like, how are we gonna dunk on them <laughs> across every social media platform for a month? Just I want TikTokers, I want Instagram, like, and I am gonna pay everyone to talk about the difference between $10 and $0. Like that would be like my motto. Like my whole thing is I'm not even going to talk about what it means. I'm just going to emphasize that $10 is infinitely more than $0. Like I'm going to pay, um, I'm going to pay like Bill Nye. Like I'm going to find out his fee, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm going to pay him to get on freaking TikTok and explain mathematically the difference between 10 and zero. And that's going to – oh, man. They would just dunk on them so hard. Yep. You have to assume that, that Sony knows that and obviously would not be that stupid. Yep. I honestly feel like maybe that's even a big reason why Phil Spencer has been so forthcoming with this whole it's generation list that's kind of gone because he knows Sony has to be on board for it to play out. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. tra- he's pushing them for sure. Yeah. it's the- Even so much as saying, yeah, you guys aren't even a competitor to us anymore. It's like, fuck you, I am a competitor. That was some shade. But it makes sense. It makes sense. I, I, I know a lot of folks like, you know, a lot of podcasters and content creators really blew that out of proportion. And we know that on some level it was shade, but like it absolutely makes sense considering what they're doing. Cause they're, they are moving towards a console future or mm-hmm. they are preparing themselves to be able to pivot that way. If they so choose, cause at the end of the day, uh, they, they could still be a quote unquote first party, even if they don't make a console yeah. cause it's Microsoft. They can do it the hell they want. Like, yeah. You know, like their business actually functions outside of their games division, whereas Sony's <laughs> does not. Flounders, yeah. And technically neither, technically neither's does Nintendo. It's just it's you know they don't try, but you know, like so yeah. It's it's this I'm, this is the craziest generation ever, and yep. I'm so stoked. We've only got so, like what six to ten more months. Right? Six to ten. Shut up. Six to seven more months before like everything is answered. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Less than that. I think, I mean, realistically, I would imagine that it will all be answered by E3, assuming E3 happens. Knock on wood. It better. We yeah, got we're tickets. Going. I know we're you guys are going. Of- <laughs> um, so anyway. Speaking of PlayStation, uh, it, we might not know a ton about it hardware-wise, aside from what we've shown in Wired articles, but we do know that according to a patent, PS5 could collect your biofeedback via optional DualShock 5 attachment, says Matt Kim at IGN. Uh, there's a Sony patent for a, an accessory that will read your heart rate and your sweat data and your like bioelectric information, and uh, they could do all sorts of cool things in games apparently with that. Like if you are not sweating enough, make the scary game scarier, or if you are like your heart rate's super high, maybe they'll make a boss battle easier or something like that. My or, immediate thought is, 
how are they going to steal all of my personal vital information? And yeah. how are they this not is... going to handle that responsibly? And then there's a data breach, and they're like, oh, we're sorry, but... Yeah. Or oh, yeah. this is just a patent they're filing so they can sue someone who does it elsewhere. Like, this is never going to happen. Yeah. This is the Nintendo Vitality yeah. Sensor. Yeah, which is, never happened. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo at least had like a goal to go along with it because they were trying to tie it in with like their fitness stuff. This is just no. They know <laughs> they don't need your heart rate data to know when you are struggling with a video game. They have yeah. all the data they need. Um, yeah, be, for the number one reason is what you said, Chad. From a privacy perspective, collecting because collecting data about what you spend and where what you do on the internet and who you talk to and what games you play and for how long is a very different information than biometrics. As yep. someone who works in the health insurance industry, don't hate me, um, I can tell you the <laughs> amount of paperwork, like if some, like I don't, like Chad, if you worked for a group that we insured, right? Like in order for me to, in order for you to grant me access to even very basic stuff. And I work for my company. And you know, like in order for me to get access, mountains of paperwork and lots like they're not going to go through that hassle because collecting even de-identified biometric information right. is like, whoa, because that's PHI. It's protected health information. Like it's, it's, it is running the risk where they could. And also for the record, um, these games are used by these controllers are handled by children Yep. Um, oh, yeah. So, um, that. and that yeah. is an entirely different level of protected information, and it, and also not just in the U.S. These are sold worldwide. No, this is not going to happen. And not even. I mean, it's cool to talk about, and we can be like, "Wow, check out how cool horror games." If it knew, if it like knows that I'm shitting myself, give me a P pad <laughs> and let me micro USB plug it into the thing. So when I wet myself, when the, the the nemesis comes out in Resident Evil Three, you can make him like transform into Thomas the Tank to make me feel better about myself. I guess, but like, no, smart. This, this controller is never going to happen. Smart diapers. I mean, that's definitely a thing. If it's not a thing, someone <laughs> is, is going to bring it, it to CES There next are, year. actually. Pampers has a smart diaper. They'll let you know when your kids are wet. I'm down. That sounds awfully <laughs> expensive. All this, too, for a feature that I think would be really obnoxious. Like, I'm like, take how From Software would use this. From Software would say, oh, your heart rate's up. You're having a hard time. Guess what? It got harder. That would be incredibly annoying. Like, I'm already frustrated with this boss. And I feel like it's insurmountable because you're always going to be one step above my blood pressure, which is fucking like sadistic. And then there's a but whole new awful. section of performance enhancing drugs. You got to take sedatives before you play Dark Souls. <laughs> so they can't read your heart rate. <laughs> and and it also makes it incredibly hard to test those features because not everybody reacts the same way. Yeah, because right. like, my resting heart rate is different than your resting heart rate, which is like, yeah. And they can account for that, but what they can't it'd be it'd be imagine being in a testing environment where like <laughs> what we need is some like really stoned dudes. <laughs> did he just do the Did he just do the L or something behind? Yep. Me? Yeah. <laughs> um. Good night, guys. Um. Welcome to having 13-year-old children. Uh, he was super <laughs> amused by the erecting a penis in the, the Animal Crossing <laughs> Island. Um, he heard that. The first thing he did was tell his mom when she got home. Um, welcome <laughs> to having a teenager. So um, anyway, back to back to reality. Yeah, the, Imagine a testing environment where you had to account for 
like if the game was going to react to biometrics, you would have to have testers with a range of biometric responses. It's just, it sounds awesome as a patent. And then as soon as it leaves the patent space, it all goes to shit. Yep. Speaking of going to shit, shit. Google's Quest Log. (laughs) Google's ambitious push into gaming is floundering and is due largely to too few games on its Stadia platform. M-Dash, here's why. Developers have held back, says Ben Gilbert, a business insider who needs to learn how to write a fucking headline. (laughs) That is way too long for a headline. (laughs) It is literally a whole sentence. What's funny is that I first read this article in the uh, Apple News app, and it had a much shorter headline. But as soon as you open it in Safari on Business Insider's website, it like is now this huge headline instead. Yeah, that there is no way that headline met um, met their internal style guide. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so there are interviews with developers approached by Google who demonstrated uh, very similar reasoning not to join Stadia, and that all seemed to kind of be that there was not really an incentive. There is a quote, the incentive was kind of non-existent, end quote. Um, Google apparently didn't really offer a lot of money or even enough to even make it a reason to come onto the platform, and their reputation of dropping major projects didn't inspire uh, developers. And in fact... Uh, Every single one of the developers that Business Insider talked to all mentioned that about Google, that they have a, a trend of abandoning projects or just like, oh, after a year, if it's not doing well, we'll abandon it. All of them said that unprovoked. Like the Business Insider, business yeah, insider interviewer asked, didn't yeah. even ask. Um, business Insider reached out to Google for comment, and they said, quote, the publishers and developers we speak with regularly are very supportive and want Stadia to succeed. It is also worth pointing out that not every publisher has announced their games for Stadia so far, and more games will continue to be announced in due course, end quote. Anybody here surprised that Google um, shot themselves in the foot from the minute they announced this thing? No, I'm not surprised that Google didn't understand how publishing deals in the video game space work. And allowed their hubris because this is this is what this is. This is 100 percent. We're Google. We can do what we want. We're going to launch this thing. People are going to be stoked because it's a Google thing. And people weren't stoked because it was a Google thing and they did not react at all. Now this could still be saved because the reality is they have many dump trucks worth of money. Yep. So like if they know, few. you know, if they have yeah, a, a handful, a modest amount of dump trucks full of money <laughs> and at any time they could just go, all right, cool. Y'all didn't want to sign up right away. You wanted to wait and see. And now you saw, and it was garbage. So here's a dump truck full of money. And they'll show up. I mean, it's funny. Um, I don't know if you guys watch no clip stuff. Um, I've seen a couple. Da- uh, so Danny, so they did a whole thing about Shovel Knight that published in the last couple of days. And at the end of it, they're listing all of the stuff that it's on. And Stadia was a punchline. Like, ah. so is Shovel Knight. Uh, Shovel Knight is on 3DS, Wii U, Vita, PS3, PC Mac Linux, whatever, and then they go, how about Stadia? And he goes, no, not not Stadia. Not maybe Stadia, just no. And <laughs> when and I'm just gonna be real with you guys, when Yacht Club Games won't put Shovel Knight on your shit, <laughs> like they'll put Shovel I am it, it's almost like Skyrim. Like that's the other thing. Skyrim isn't even on Stadia. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's on literally that's it's true. on Alexa. <laughs> like, and yeah. so th- anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, so another 
part of this was that it was primarily targeted towards indie developers. Or the the <clears throat> the thing that happens, the developers who were impacted by this most were mostly indie developers because you see a lot of AAA exclusives or not exclusives, but AAA games coming to Stadia. But the indie developers, one of them they mentioned was uh, House House, who just did Untitled Goose Game. And they're like, when we went with Switch, it's because like we launched first on Switch is because they offered us a lot of money. That's that security, that that platform. And then Google comes over, and they're like, no, we don't. We're not going to give you anything. I mean, yeah, we want you to be on our platform, but like, good luck finding funding. It's like that's that's not how uh, the rest of the industry comes in and courts developers and says, hey, we want you on our platform. So I think it's just a little bit, a little bit of hubris, and then a little bit of just like they don't understand the space. It reminds yeah. me, the hubris part of it reminds me a lot about rumors of Apple approaching TV studios about their own TV streaming service they wanted to make, apart from TV, Apple TV Plus, which is out now. This is like the Steve Jobs era. And apparently the big story was like, yeah, they would walk in and be like, this is the number. They'd be like, that's way too low. And they go, well, we're Apple. <laughs> and like, that was the conversation. Like, And that's the vibe I got from this, where it's just everything about how Google has approached this is just they don't understand the industry and expect it to conform to them as opposed to the other way around. Like, they hired Phil Harrison a year before they announced to head, like, all their Stadia stuff, all the content for Stadia. Like, a year is not enough time. They just announced their first studio, like, a little while after announcing Stadia, like, itself. Like, it's just everything they're doing is so backwards. I do feel like in this case, though, they're not going to drop um, Stadia, I don't think it's going to happen. I think absolutely, absolutely the um, dumpster's full of money. But also, like, the, yes, Google likes to drop specific products that don't work, but they tend to always use those underlying technologies to make something else. Um, I think the easy example of this, if you guys remember Google Wave, no, you could like type. It was like a, it was like a basically a chat service where you could type and live see live what your friends are typing, and obviously no one wants to use that while texting their friends because you might start to say something, change your mind, delete it before you send it, but you get to see all of it. It was a terrible idea, but that's that technology is now how Google Docs works, where you can type one thing, I can type another, and we can see each other typing together. So they don't like drop the technology; they just move it to something where it's going to be more palatable and and speak more to consumers but this is something that like it has to be a game streaming service they can't take this and then turn it into excel spreadsheets on google docs right like like, it's not going to work that way so they kind of have to keep it also to save themselves from embarrassment because it'd be hugely embarrassing if they just stopped stadia after like a year um yeah i I don't think they're going to drop it either be, and I think – I don't know that the embarrassment thing because at the end of the day, they're Google and I'm pretty – like they can the, – the the vast majority of the world truthfully doesn't know that Google is a company. They just – you know what I mean? Like the, 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 the vast swaths just know Google is – like they, they know it's a website. They don't know it's a company that operates, right? Like – and – they don't know about YouTube and, and all this when, stuff. That, like, yeah, they like they don't know yeah. about any of that. And so when we dig deeper and deeper and deeper, like if Stadia flops and they cancel it, we would be like, well, ha, 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 right? But like the vast majority of the people who use Google would continue to still use it and it wouldn't even be a hit. Like it wouldn't – it would probably wouldn't even make the news outside of our space. So I don't know that that's really going to impact them. I think it's because it's all upside. 
because even if they flop and it doesn't work now, they can stick with it. The reality is this is that thing that the streaming future, if it is correct, and, you know, there are people that are going to argue regard, you know, one way or the other, like being in on this and like making it work and figuring it out and experimenting with it. It's all upside because if it does click and all of a sudden the entire North American area has gigabit in, you know, fiber internet and everybody's just, then they win. So like all they have to do is just tread water. And yes, there are sharks biting off parts of them, but like (laughs) they also can just buy new feet every time they get bit. Like, I mean, pardon the really stupid metaphor, but you know what I mean? Like they just have to tread water until console gaming is not important anymore. And then they're already here and they're Google. So, but they they definitely go ahead. No, they also they also stand to benefit just by having this service exist that they can test off of. And the reason I say that is that they're largely a data company. That's largely what Google is. They're a data company. Um, moving data across the globe is really big with Google. That's one of the, like the fundamentals that they they deal with. And moving video game data like this is some of the biggest data that you could possibly send over the internet from a consumer perspective. And to understand how to get that data to flow across the globe as fast as possible doesn't benefit just Stadia. It benefits YouTube. It benefits how fast their search algorithm can function. Like It's just hugely beneficial whether they're making money off of it at this moment or not. Also, sunk cost fallacy doesn't quite like the sunk cost thing doesn't come into play yet. They, they hired Phil Harrison and Jade Raymond. Like, yeah, you know, and Jared Petty, but like, whatever, right? Like they (laughs) hired, they hired Phil, Phil Harrison and and Jade Raymond. Those were not inexpensive hires. Yeah. And you don't. And also I would be stunned if Jade Raymond didn't say, somewhere in there that they have to let her ship right like because she she knows that google is google and i can't imagine that in her interview because she could work anywhere right it's not like she didn't have a job um absolutely she can work anywhere um literally and she would be like so what's to say i'm not gonna build a studio and get two years into development on a game and that could be her magnum opus and then you're going to pull the rug out from under me. Like they, I'm sure that they showed her a roadmap that include like the earliest date that we would bail if this was absolutely terrible was, you know, they, like she, I mean, she can take risks, but she can work anywhere. She could have gone to go run a studio for freaking anybody. <laughs> Who's going to say, so yeah, I, I think they're going to stick around at least long enough to start making their own crap. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's also what's going to make them stand out is once they finally have games that aren't just exclusive to Stadia, but are exclusive to Stadia and benefit are, are benefited by being cloud games specifically, <laughs> that aren't going to be on Xbox. They have to worry about adhering to a standard box setup. Like They can just do their own thing. They, they kind Correct. of have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Because Microsoft's um, not going to yet. They've said they're yeah. kind of not in that direction right now. Yeah, absolutely. I have a Stadia... Uh, premiere edition right back there on that desk unopened uh, well i opened it to do an <laughs> unboxing video um well they gave it to me because i went to the game awards thing at the movie theater oh okay um and so they gave one to everyone in attendance so oh, that's wow. the only reason i have it and so i opened it to do an unboxing video 
which I ended up having to delete because for some reason there was no audio. I don't know. I went, whatever. I'm not bad. I'm not good at this. Um, <laughs> but then I just put it back in the box and I was like, I'm just going to hold this because worst case, worst case scenario, um, I'm going to bring it to like Antiques Roadshow in 50 years. And be like, Check out this <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. You should get an Atari VCS as well. Gross. Get out of here. Shut up. <laughs> Moving on to our third-party quest log, which is our last one before our main quest. We've got two stories. One is that the Dark Pictures anthology, Little Hope, gets first details and release date when and release window, says Wesley LeBlanc. Uh, this is the kind of follow-up to Man of Medan and uh, Until Dawn. Man of Medan was the first in these like new, smaller stories that they're doing. The description of the game is... Trapped and isolated in the abandoned town of Little Hope, four college students and their professor must escape the nightmarish visions that relentlessly pursue them through an impenetrable fog. As they journey through the town looking for a means of escape, they must understand the meaning of these events, the root of evil, and how it is directly connected to them. Hype. I'm pumped. There's like a little teaser of it at the end of Man of Medan when you beat it, um, but this was, this was cool to see. This will have both of the multiplayer modes that Man of Medan had, so the like movie night version and the the multiplayer over mm-hmm. internet as well. I we enjoyed Man of Medan. Shared. Yeah, we we yeah. did the shared stream, uh, and I'm excited to play it again like that for this. Yeah, um, summer is it's surprising to me this is coming out in summer because I I don't know maybe I'm just assuming this, but I felt like they had said they're going to do two per year on average. Like That's what I thought they were aiming for. The- yeah. So summer feels like it's kind of late. Although I assume they said, hey, this is our goal, eight per year, and we're starting them all right now. Or like, that's, they probably, like, by the end, by the, we're getting ramped mm-hmm. up right now, and then eventually it'll be two per year. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what they meant. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm very excited for it. Me too. The Resident Evil 3 remake demo is coming soon, says Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. It was officially announced on the Resident Evil Twitter account. Uh, more details will be released in the near future. Uh, we have a month before this game comes out. Very pumped. Uh, if you remember, the Resident Evil 2 remake had a one-shot demo where you had 30 minutes to get to as far as you could in the, in the level or beat it. And then you could only play it once, which is cool. So I'm uh, looking forward to this. Looking forward to that game. I've seen some new footage, like some of the new footage and screenshots and stuff like that that came out. Some of them, like the monsters. Like, holy shit, this is going to scare the poopy out of my pants. I'm yeah, not going to play it. Yeah, me either. I'm done. You're I'm not, not going to play nope. it? Mm-mm. No, I'm, I don't play God. scary stuff. So, I'm, a I'm not going to play the demo. Oh, I haven't okay. seen I haven't seen any of the footage, the new footage that came out recently cuz like, why not what? I loved Resident Evil 2 so much. I already know I'm going to like this. I don't need to see or play anything to understand it or to be convinced by it. I just can't wait to play this game. I can't wait to see you throw up playing it. <laughs> Just paralyzed. No, that'd be if it was VR. If it was Resident Evil <laughs> VR, then I would throw up playing it. Let's jump into our main quest. We'll try to keep this brief. Main quest is Chad gives up on platinum trophies. <gasps> what? Bullshit. Context. And full Chad bullshit. has 42 platinum trophies currently. We already talked about earlier in this episode, 94 years ago, that I got the Surge 2 Platinum. I was not planning on getting this Platinum Trophy. Here's my normal, my normal go-to when I'm playing a game. I will play the game for about half of it, two-thirds of it, to say, do I enjoy this game? If I will finish this game, then I'll look at the trophy list. I don't go in looking at it. I'll look at the trophy list. Does this look achievable? Can I clean this up, you know, beat the game, maybe spend an hour or two afterwards? 
If it doesn't look achievable, then I won't usually do it. But if it does, then yeah, I'll go for it. Playing this game, I was like, oh yeah, this looks totally, the Surge 2. I was like, this looks totally doable. I could do this all, you know, save at the end because there's a beat it one way or beat it another way. You could just do a save file. I get almost to the end of the game and realize that one of the trophies says, collect all of your drone upgrades. You had to have cut off certain random limbs of certain bosses that I had already beat. And I was like, I can't get that anymore this game. I have to play it on New Game Plus. I was like, son of a bitch. I'm not going to get this platinum trophy. And I didn't. I, I beat the game. I was about to delete it. I saw, oh, there's DLC for this game. And it's a Dark Souls type game, which means, you know, you can't just play the DLC. You have to get like halfway through the game and go to this special weird area in order to get to it. It's like, fuck, I'm playing this game on New Game Plus. Went around, cut the shotgun off of this guy's leg, got the upgrade, beat it again in New Game Plus, got the platinum trophy. Enjoyed the DLC. I enjoyed New Game Plus, And I, it, it only took me like a third of the time that it took the original playthrough. In my leave of absence from work, the six weeks that I'm just confined to my apartment, I have a list of platinum trophies that I was going to go back and get. God of War Ascension, Uncharted 4, Uncharted Lost Legacy, all of these platinum trophies that like, I at one time was a, I love this game, I'm going to get the platinum trophy. Uncharted 1, 2, 3, Uncharted 1 again when they put it out on PS4. But you guys, I've realized that my time is valuable. And that I can't just chill out for, for Platinum Trophies anymore just because the game is cool. And I went back and I looked at this Uncharted 4 trophy list. And I realized that Naughty Dog is terrible at making Platinum Trophies. Terrible. If you're not familiar with an Uncharted trophy list, it is like, not only is it collect all the treasures, but it's beat the game. Beat the game on hard. Beat the game on crushing. Beat the game, but also make sure you killed 30 people with a grenade on top of a cliff while swinging from a rope. Make sure that you punched a guy in the asshole, kicked him in the back of the head, shot him in the eye, and then ran him over with a car 10 times in a row in stealth. And it's like, all of these really crazy-ass shitty things that are literally just, I'm going to go chapter select and do this over and over and over and over it's not fun. And I've decided, I went back and looked at all of those things, and I was, I was hell-bent on going back and just, I have all of the God of War ones except for God of War Ascension. I have all of the Uncharted except for Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy. And I've decided my life is better than the time that I would spend doing that. And I'm giving up on difficult, for the sake of being difficult, platinum trophies. Okay, so, so um, okay, go ahead, Olden, then I have... No, you, gonna, can, you can go ahead. You could. So, what, so this entire segment was clickbait because you're not giving up That's on platinum 100 percent it <laughs> all right okay because you're, giving up, on, you're giving up on bullshit platinums i'm changing like my, yes bullshit platinums for sure or just bad platinums because i used to be the type of person who'd be like oh i'm 100 percent gonna go and fucking shoot everybody with a grenade in the head and punch them in the asshole 10 times in a row in a stealth mission of course i'll do that but now it's just like no i'm an adult i have limited time I will platinum a game if I think it's worth platinuming and it's achievable, but no. If it's a Naughty Dog game, good luck getting anything. I have like 4% of the trophies in Last of Us 1, just because that trophy list was abhorrent. And that's it. Yeah, I had a okay. pretty similar revelation, because Sekiro was my very first platinum. Mm-hmm. And I chose Sekiro because like, I love this game so much. It's immensely satisfying just to play and to beat a boss and and I was looking at the platinum list. And I'm like, most of these trophies are just 
beat this particular boss or beat all the bosses or like collect all the skills or collect all the different you know shinobi um uh prosthetic uh, up- upgrades i'm like those are all pretty achievable nothing in there is like ridiculous like i want to collect all the gourd seeds i'm gonna do that anyway so i'll get a trophy for it that's cool but then i got to that collect all skills and to collect all the skills first of all when it skills like getting a new level basically like you have to earn xp to gain a new skill point and when you're in new game plus four it takes a <laughs> long time to get one skill point i realized i only played new game plus three to to get the or new game plus four i finished that just to get the endings primarily but then i thought about like do i I'm not going to get all the skill points I need by the end of this last playthrough to get all the endings. Do I want to play it a fifth time only for the skill points? Is that worth it? So I decided, oh, I'm just going to farm this XP. And I found this one part of the game that I could like just kill these three guys really fast and get a ton of XP for it. And I did that for like an two hours. <laughs> and, like, and I got it. And I finally got the Platinum Trophy. And I just thought, oh, that's it? You just see a little, like, notifications, like, by the way, got a platinum trophy, congratulations. That's it. And I'm like, that wasn't that wasn't worth it. But what was worth it was beating the final boss. Um, like, there's one uh, boss called Demon of Hatred, who's an optional boss, and I probably wouldn't have tried to beat him had it not been for me wanting to get the platinum. I'm glad I did that boss, but it's not because of the trophy. I just felt really good when I finally beat that boss. It was really, really hard. And I kind of realized I don't need tr- trophies to, like, continue my enjoyment of this game. Like, I got the Platinum Trophy, and I thought to myself, cool, I'm done with Sekiro now. And I thought, well, I could beat the final boss again. <laughs> and beating the final boss again, so satisfying. Really great time. And the Platinum was like, no, the, the only bad experience that I had with Sekiro... That's how the frustration at the beginning of the game, learning to play it, was getting that platinum. It just wasn't worth it. It like I liked in Breath of the Wild, not Breath of the Wild, though, like Link's Away, Link Between Worlds, for example. Like I set a challenge for myself and said, I'm going to beat this game three heart challenge. I didn't need a notification to come up at the top of the screen afterwards saying, you did it, for me to feel accomplished by doing that. I felt accomplished by setting a goal for myself and doing it. But now nobody Whereas knows plat- you did it. that is for myself that doesn't matter um but it's like it it became a checklist at a certain point i'm like i don't want my games to be a checklist i want my games to be enjoyable i'm just like this just isn't for me it's not worth my time but i get it like it's like having when you have like like geez like colin has over 100 now i think like when you have the wall of trophies like that's got to be a cool feeling i can imagine you look back on it afterwards i'm like i don't need that i'm good if it's a checklist kind of, of really interesting content, however, like, oh, you know what? No, I didn't explore that area. Or no, I didn't think about killing this enemy in this way. Like, that's, that's cool. But when it's just grinding and repetitiveness for repetitiveness, repetitiveness's sake, yeah, I'm moving on. I've raised the bar mm-hmm. in standards of trophies <laughs> and the platinum trophies that I will get now. Um, I just have some, one thing to say to both of you. Um, welcome to adulthood. <laughs> That's what, I mean, what you just described, all, you know, patronizing bullshit aside, it's like, yeah, man, 
Like I have never gotten <laughs> a patch platinum trophy. Uh, I will very likely never get one on purpose. Is that one of those things um, that you'll die regretting though? Like you're always thinking, what if, what if I gotten one platinum? No, no, <laughs> because um, I enjoy video games without needing to finish them. Like I don't finish a lot of games. I mean, I finish the ones I review, but like, if I'm not like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, like at this point, like if I stopped now, I would probably be okay with it. Maybe. I mean, I probably won't stop it because I just want to keep playing it. But like, I, there's all there's so many good games, and I really do have you know three kids, two jobs, one wife. Right? Like this is this is hard, and I am recording a podcast and or show. Uh. F- four of the next five nights, right? Um, Which is another reason why it was probably would have been a good idea to tell my wife that I was doing this. Um, So the, um, so yeah, no, welcome to adulthood. It's tough, right? Like you you, you have to cast aside. (laughs) Um, No, honestly here for real, for real, uh, you're going to, this particular part you're going to like, because you're going to, what you're going to do is take that time you would have spent punching a bunch of dudes in the asshole in stealth <laughs> missions and you're going to play other games, yep. other games that maybe weren't, you know, that maybe you wouldn't play and that maybe you would like, Um, you know, that achievement mentality like that. I need to check off like not every game needs to be a World of Warcraft quest log. Right. And like now, don't get me wrong. I love me some World of Warcraft quest logs, um, but not every game needs that, and so I think that you'd be able to enjoy more stuff. It also means that you don't need to play and buy bullshit platinums because I've only done that once. You don't have to, but <laughs> now you'll never need. Now you can never be tempted to do it again, right? Because it you can might focus on playing games that you actually enjoy. So no, I I think this is this is I am so proud of both of you. Now you know. Well, uh, when I go back and, and definitely play that prestige rate again in Destiny 2 for the Platinum Trophy, don't hate me. <laughs> but, are, but you're doing that because you like it. Well, we spent like 20 to 25 hours with it the first time on that raid, mm-hmm. just like beating our heads against the wall. And we were so, but that's, so disappointed afterwards. But and, I will, and that's the difference. Like you're doing stuff that you enjoy, not things that you hate to get something that you can't use. Because yeah. Platinum Trophies do nothing. They do nothing. They sound real nice when they ding. The, yeah, that's great. I'm they sure so they good. do. <laughs> I'm sure they do. But anyway. Let's move on to our subscriber interrogatives. You can write in to us by tweeting us, emailing us, at Fire. Go to uh, there and ask us things. I want to go to there. Dusty Hill says, hey, you, you had something in there. Dusty uh, – and uh, oh it's still there i'm just not reading ahead i'm only reading one word ahead instead of five words ahead dusty hill (laughs) also known as dusty endothermic hill says all these questions plus what does mario eat besides mushrooms if you're confused what he's talking about all these questions there's a a current question for research out on respawning fires twitter go ahead and respond to it and uh, just ask us some weird questions uh tbd project tba project what does mario eat besides mushrooms guys Pasta. He's Italian. Oh fuck! Yeah, meatballs. Hundred percent. Yeah. Cannoli. Oh, I mean, who now doesn't what eat is? Uh, he doesn't eat McDonald's, McDonald's, but he does get the million dollar prize from it. <laughs> uh, he also eats cake. We know that for sure. Well, you know, he's looked at a cake when Peach handed it to him. He also fought. We don't the know cake if he ate it in Super Mario RPG. Hmm. 
He jumped on it. He might not have eaten that cake then. He might have been like, thanks, Peach, for this cake. Don't you know how traumatizing that was? And then mm. he just like threw it away. So he might not eat a cake. We don't know. Uh, he does drink uh, karaoke cola in Super Mario RPG as well. So he drinks cola. All right. He's got a pretty well-rounded yeah. diet. Yeah. <laughs> Cake, mushrooms, and cola, baby. That's it. Thank you, Dusty, for your question. We've got one more here from Dallas at Heel. Smitty says, I was listening to this week's Kind of Funny Games cast, wondering, besides God of War and Breath of the Wild, what is a 10 out of 10 game in your opinion? Maybe something that's not widely recognized as a 10 out of 10. I'd say The Messenger is one of mine because games like Mass Effect 2, Metal Gear 3, and 4, Red Dead 2, <laughs> Last of Us, uh, and Spider-Man. Also, I want the community to give their input on Twitter, too. So go out to Twitter. This is me saying this. Everyone go out to Twitter and tweet us and tag at Heel Smitty. That's not your tag anymore. Hold on. Will you look up what his actual... I wrote Heel Smitty just because I'm a man of, of tradition. But what is his actual Twitter handle now? I'm pretty sure it is at Heel Smitty still. And no, he changed it like last week. I tried to tag him in something and it didn't work. Uh, he ends it with, love you, fucks. Welcome back. Well, thank you. Love you, too, Dallas. Um... If I were to answer this question right off the top of my head, Hellblade Send You a Sacrifice, I think is a 10 out of 10 masterpiece that maybe doesn't always get... It does get good praise, but I don't think it always gets recognized on the level of like Breath of the Wild or God of the War. I say God of the War. Shut up, me. What about you guys? Um, Go ahead, Holden. No, I'm actually looking at Dallas right now, so you go ahead. I'm pretty sure it's still Heal Smitty. Unless he really changed it like yesterday. Am I the only one um, who knows our friend? Well, I just I looked mean, up at Heel Smitty. I didn't find him. Now I'm going through our notifications to find out where he is. Because he's with Dallas and I didn't show up either for some reason. Um, he deleted his Twitter. That wouldn't be cool. Respawn in fire. DFN Smitty? DFN Smitty. That's it now. DFN Smitty. No, it's. it's okay. uh, sorry, no, it's uh, at D Smitty Games. Oh my god. D Smitty Games. Jesus, Dallas. Pick a brand and stick with it. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm j- I'm, I'm going to cheat and say Assassin's Creed Odyssey would be a ten for Ooh. me. Um, it, that's not really a stretch because it did get several tens when it came out. So that's not that's that's garbage. But I'm also going to say Final Fantasy ten is a ten out of ten oh. for me. It is my favorite Final Fantasy game of all time. It's a good game. I. I love that goddamn video game and the scene where they make fun of him for the laughing guys. He was he was being awkward on purpose because sometimes being awkward helps you get the chicks. That's how I'm married. Ooh, <laughs> we have to listen to that story here in a little bit sometime. Holden, ten out of ten game. I got three games for you. One Sekiro because I beat that recently. That is definitely a ten out of ten game for me. Um, get ready to laugh, Chad. I'm ready. Threes. Threes is a 10 out of 10 game. Would it not be a 3 I, out of 3 game? No. Oh! I mean, definitely 10 out of 10. <laughs> those, are 10 equivalent, 10. those are equivalent fractions, so... They're equivalent fractions, but I don't appreciate it, because you can't make fun <laughs> of threes. It's a serious business. We'll give it a 9. A 9 out of 9. Sure. I'll that allow it. I, I don't disagree with you. I think threes is, for what it is... Yeah, yeah, for what it is, yeah. I think it's, in my opinion, it's the best mobile game. Boost 2 is also good. Oh, yeah, you're dissing Boost 2 right now. Okay. What's your third game? Threes is, 
is perfect. Um, the third game is Inside by Playdead. Ooh, mm. Inside over Limbo. Oh yeah, absolutely. Nice. I don't remember um, Limbo. Inside it's a also good game. got several ten out of tens. Yeah. So it it was well. I mean, it was well loved and respected. I can't play those games because they just weird me out. So. You oh, say wow. inside's weird? No, it's not. It's giant, very normal. Like, conglomerate, <laughs> smushy flesh ball. Uh, Bruh, listen. Congealed. That's what I was like. We're not conglomerated. God damn it. Whew, it's I been mean, a night. Whatever. Thank you for that, Dallas. And uh, if you guys want to write in, subscribe or interrogative at Respawn Aimfire on Twitter. That's the best place to do it. Just do it there. Just do it. Next up, we have a segment that I have not screened previous to this exact moment. Uh, it's called We Are So Fucking Humble, where we usually take a spot to take a back seat and let our guest bring a topic of conversation to the panel. Um, Steven, I'm not sure if you brought something because I didn't ask you I ahead did. of time. You did. Great. I Wonderful. Did. What is this Holden w- warned me. Yo, listen, we're going to talk about Toy Fair. <gasps> Toy Let's Fair. just do this. Y'all want to talk about board games for a few minutes? Let's oh, just like, get yeah. dirty. Let's go. Some Let's board go. Games. So I already <laughs> talked very briefly about some of it. That um, it was weird because coronavirus was like on everyone's mind, but ignoring the potentially like scary pandemic stuff. Um, so I I go we go for two days. It's in New York City um, at the Javits Center, which is the same place that uh, New York Comic Con is, and it is uh, it's a trip because if you go to fan conventions, you're used to crowds. You're used to a lot of people being there and not knowing what to do next, right? Like you kind of get into it and it's like going to Disney. There's just so much stuff to do. Um, you just get stuck and you just kind of freeze. And, you know, there's people sitting on the floors having snacks, you know, just kind of lollygagging around. None of that shit at Toy Fair. Everybody's there for a purpose. You're there to sell something. You're an inventor that's hoping that someone will buy something or your media. Um, and let me tell you, there is nothing like watching the Walmart buyers, which is basically like a herd of people in suits, each with their own squire, basically, with like rolling suitcases. <laughs> and when they walk by a booth, that booth, like every all, everything stops. They clean it up. They sort it out. It's like the health inspector at a freaking McDonald's. <laughs> and, you know, like so – I went to the Javits Center, which if you went to New York Comic Con, it's like just throngs and throngs of like nerds. First of all, I didn't see a single Deadpool in two days at a convention. Think about that. Wow. Um, And I – Deadpool 3 cancellation confirmed. (laughs) Um, I came into contact with – over the course of two days, three people that I did not – like on like not on purpose, like not a handshake or a fist bump or a hug. Three people that I bumped into or brushed shoulders with or whatever. And all three of them were because I was being a dumbass and on my phone. Right. Like <laughs> so it's not crowded. Everyone's running around. It's nuts. Um I saw some really awesome stuff. Um most notably uh Ravensburger, uh, who is uh they right now they do their big one of their biggest games is they did the Disney Villainous series. They just announced which is a game where you play as the Disney villains. And that's been very successful over the last two years. They just announced Marvel Villainous. Ooh. Um and so they announced the first three villains for Marvel Villainous. The base game is gonna have five villains, so they announced three of the five, and those villains are <clears throat> um uh Thanos. Ultron and Hela from uh, Thor 
uh, Thor Ragnarok. Um, and so two more are going to be announced by the, uh, by <clears throat> August, which is when the game is supposed to come out. Um, I would predict that one of them is going to be Magneto and the other one's going to be Kingpin. I have nothing to go by Ooh. other than the fact that they've got to not be Avengers villains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, and they can be X-Men villains now because I mean, one of them could be Dr. Doom. But I, Dr. Doom feels like he's good enough to carry an expansion. And, th- and that's the thing is that this is the kind of game where Disney Villainous, they had a game and they had one. And then they continually release like three packs mm-hmm. of like standalone expansions. What do you want? Okay. So, um, so sorry. Do you need a time code so we <laughs> no, can clip that out? We're good. Um, so the um, so w- we can assume that they're just going to keep making more. This is just their way to do it, and then eventually they're going to do Star Wars villainous and keep going. So that was really awesome. Um, they also have a Wonder Woman cooperative game that plays to me. It feels like it plays a lot like Pandemic, where you play as Wolf- Wonder Woman. I almost said Wolverine. That would be a very different <laughs> crossover. Um, Wonder Woman and a bunch of other Amazons. Defending the Amazon against various Wonder Woman villains. Uh, that looks very cool. That game came out today. Because today's the first. Um, and let's see. I mean, I saw, I mean, those were like two of the bigger, you know, things that I saw that I can actually talk about. Um, but one thing that I was talking with Holden before we started recording is, you know, I had an appointment with Funko because mm-hmm. Funko Games is huge. Um, and what they did is rather than like spinning up their own thing, they bought a development house called Prospero Hall, which Prospero Hall is like one of the biggest, most prolific board game developers anywhere. And what they would do is they would make games and they would license them out. So like Villainous, for example, is a Prospero, is a Prospero Hall joint that they licensed with Ravensburger. But now they're owned entirely by Funko, who has many dollars not quite dump trucks full of money, but like at least decent sized pickup like trucks. Like 15 full passenger vans. Yeah. And so they, um, have, so they can make their games and they have not only the money, but the logistics and the licensing power from Funko Pop to just do whatever they want. So they showed us five games. That were announced, and they showed, a, and and not a, and not include, not even including all the expansions for the Funkoverse game, which is essentially a series of standalone dude on a map strategy games where you can pit Batman versus um, Estelle from the Golden Girls. Um, that's not a <laughs> like literally, not, and starting very soon, the Kool Aid Man is a playable character in that. That's awesome, um, and it's only going to continue to get weirder over time, um, but. They showed us um, a Back to the Future cooperative game. They showed us a King Kong, or not King Kong, um, a Godzilla game. And, uh, you know, and a bunch of stuff that I can't tell you. But let me tell you, um, it's insane. (laughs) Like, and so um, they're going to just do some insane crap. They have 20 games coming out between now and the end of the year. Holy Um, crap. Which for a board game publisher is nobody does that. Fantasy Flight doesn't do that. Like, Game game Right doesn't do that. Like, nobody puts out 20 games. That's crazy. And they're doing it. They're competing the, with themselves at that point. 
Um, yeah, and no, I don't think so because they're all so different that they're going to hit different markets. Because with board games, like there's the hobbyist market where people want like big, crunchy, like the games, and then there's like games that people will buy just because they're funny. And some of them are definitely games that people will buy just because they're kind of funny. Um, and then there's, you know, I, I, anything I say will be breaking an NDA, but like, trust me, they diversified this very nicely. Now you're right. I mean, there's only so many dollars to go around, but I don't think that they, they the choices that they made were very tactically placed. Someone is playing chess very well. Um, and I'm sure that there's stuff coming out next year. It'll all lay out. They're playing 4D chess. I'm, it's crazy. Time um, chess. <laughs> and what's crazy is waiting for the appointment with them. I was standing next to a 10 foot tall Pikachu Funko Pop. And there was, and this just to show you how insane Toy Fair is, there was a lady there standing next to it. And she said, and I kid you not, I'm standing next to this giant yellow thing, whatever it is. <laughs> and I was on the other side of it. And I was like, girl, what? <laughs> how do you not know who? How do you not know who Pikachu is? At least call him Pokemon. Like, okay, if you're older, <laughs> like I get it. Like I'm standing next to Pokemon. Like I, Alex, I will allow that. But I'm standing next to this giant yellow thing, whatever it is, <laughs> girl. Bye. So I'm pretty sure um, everyone knows who Pikachu is. She must have uh, some she, sort of brain damage or something like that recently. Well, there's, there's no she's, way. Or she had a uh, she had a vendetta against Pokemon, and she's trying to like neg them. <laughs> It's like this, it's I don't possible. even know what this is. <laughs> I don't even I don't even get it. Um, man, the Funko Pops were pretty cool though. Yeah, lots of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, what was the coolest Funko Pop I saw? Um, I'm definitely buying my dad the ZZ Top Funko Pop collection. Oh my god. <laughs> um, because it's just the three guys with like the guitars and like it's just so good. And then there's the dude with the bits. There's the drum. There's a drummer in the back and the two guys. And I'm like, this is just so amazing. Um, they just. It, uh, I thought Funko Pops were going to die. I am now convinced that they are not because... They're the only thing holding GameStop up. <sighs> yeah, well, I mean, there's that. <laughs> but the other thing is, like, we keep making stuff, yeah. right? Like, as a society, like, we keep making cool new stuff. And so every time, like, a new thing comes out, like, they had a whole big display for Onward, and they had another big display for the Dragon Prince. And, like, the Dragon Prince is just some, like, geeky... You know, like, you know, cartoon on Netflix. It's amazing, but it's just a cartoon on Netflix. They had 11 Funko Pops for it. Um, and they do athletes, they do bands, they do like, so they're diversifying. But then at the same time, we keep making new stuff. So they don't really need to diversify. They just need to follow it and people like them. Yeah. So I've personally have always been like, oh, I'll never buy a Funko Pop. They're kind of like kind of dumb looking. I don't know. And then I saw there were Mr. Robot Funko Pops, and I'm like, ooh, I might need to get the Mr. Robot Funko Pops. <laughs> See, I have I only have three. I have this one. That's Vision. And I have this one. This one you guys won't understand because you're too young. But I have this one. Are you kidding me? I loved Cyclops as a kid, even though he was stupid and dumb, and there was no reason for me to. <laughs> and then, um, and now this one is this one's hardcore right here. I got a Moon Knight Funko Pop. Oh. Now that, that's a, that's some extra coming to Disney some Plus extra flavor. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's gonna murder some people. Um, just he crazy. So, um, that was wild. Like I always do a thing where I go through and I just always make a point to go through the Funko Pop booth because it's 
uh, it's the size of your apartment. I don't even know what, how big your apartment is, but it's probably that big, maybe bigger. It's huge. It's a baby and one, and I just, paid trillions of dollars for it because I live in San Francisco. So, uh, all right. So, <laughs> and it's just they probably they they probably paid like you know hundred grand for all this space, and it is just wall to wall Funko Pops. It's crazy. And I saw all sorts of other stuff too, but I thought those are the things that that your audience and you guys might give a shit about. Funko Pops are one of those things that I. If I had space and a place for them, I would 100% go ape shit on it, and I would end up with 30,000 of them. If I may, if I may, fun fact, um, and this has been my controlling interest, is um, frames for signed baseball bats Ooh. will fit 10 Funko Pops and easily mount on the wall, and then you can put some on top. So if you are able to control yourself... <laughs> but then you know if you have like 10 of them and then they're like oh but I also released this 11th one that happens to fit in really well with the 10 that's you have that's why like, you fuck. can put it on top that's then you have you 20 and then there's a 21st one you're like now I need 7 shelves that's why I said if you can control yourself yep. it is you know like I have 3 and Funko Pops have been around for a very long time like I love looking at Funko Pops I visit them at the store but I try not to buy a lot of them just because like you know I, I have a house. I did get my wife a giant Pikachu one, not a ten foot tall one. <laughs> the ten foot tall one, but like she was the one, one there saying, "I put this work. yellow thing." You're like, "I'll buy it." <laughs> you you hold your tongue, Chad. My wife knows her shit. Um, she's smarter than me. I mean, the biggest mistake she made was marrying me. Nobody's oh. perfect. So anyway, so that's my that was my whatever my I am so fucking humble or whatever. Yeah. Love it. Forgetting your segment names. I went to Toy Fair and it was great. That's awesome. And I had, a, is... a, a, I had an Italian sausage empanada. Oh, I bet Mario would eat that. Yo, um, yeah, can I just be real would. with you? Italian sausage empanada. Pro- it was the bougiest hot pocket I've ever had in my <laughs> life. <laughs> Let's wrap up today with one quick round of Game on Game Show. The Game on Our Gaming Show. We play a game called Game on on Our Game Show. And we game, 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 game. We've got three entries in video game Would You Rather before we wrap up today. These are video game related Would You Rathers. Surprise! <laughs> they range from like really tame ones to like kind of crazy and wild. So let's go through starting with the tame ones. Number one, would you rather cancel the rumored upcoming Court of Owls Batman game or cancel the Harry Potter game whose trailer leaked in 2018? Batman can rot in hell. Ooh, ouch, why? Yeah. I'll take a Harry Potter, because I've played Batman games. Like, sure, they're going to give me another Batman game. That's cool. Uh, they cancel the Court of Owl ones. They'll just immediately greenlight another Batman game, some yeah. of it, and we'll just wait longer. <laughs> um, I think that th- that company making a cool action role-playing game set in the Harry Potter universe is so fascinating that I want to see if it's good or bad. So Batman can go rotten hell. And I also have no – I really don't like Batman in general, but I have no connection to the Court of Owls plotline. So like whatevs. All right. Holden, you haven't Sorry, played a Batman Barrett. game. So. <laughs> yeah, literally everything Stephen Deutschman uh, said I 100% agree with, except the part that I've not played a lot of Batman games. But like, I, I want that – like just to explore Hogwarts. Hell yeah. That alone. That would be so great. Yep. 100% Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. The only thing that I hope that they don't do is I hope they don't make it when they finally do 
convince the world that it's real and they tell us and they show us a trailer for real. And I mean, it's I definitely it's not real. a Fantastic yeah. Beast tie-in. And it's like, oh, first of all, Fantastic yeah, Beast fucking It's definitely sucks. real. It's Awful. definitely real. Now that there have been two leaks, leaked videos, it's definitely real. Uh, yes, it's real, but I don't want it to be a Fantastic Beast game. I want it oh, to be a yeah. Harry Potter game. The first well, Fantastic I think Beast movie was fine. The second one was abysmal. <laughs> It was so bad. But it's not going to be a Harry Potter game. It's going to be like the. It's going to be set in that universe. But you're not playing as Harry, right? But I want to be. I want to be like all over Hogwarts. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's definitely going to be a Hogwarts game. Running around with this is the game where the first line of every review is going to be the most interesting character in this game is Is the castle itself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. And every reviews editor across every outlet in the entire world vomited right there just <laughs> dan stapleton just ha- just had a migraine and vomited just right there he doesn't know why but it just happened <laughs> would you rather um, number two called, oh sorry hogwarts year one i'm all for that like just Ooh. they the brand is hogwarts it's year one because it's the first game each game would be like hold in mm. getting me we very we're having, a, we're having a game jam here guys listen mm. whoever's mm. listening this is all free do it. Just make this game for us. <laughs> you sold at least two copies. Somebody's already made enough of a game to make a dope trailer for it. Come on. Next up, number steal. two. Would you rather choose your next real-life pet with a character creator or play all of your games with your real-life pet as the main character? <laughs> um, so, Ted, you've met my dog, Toby. Yes. He is lazy. He sleeps most of the time. His he tongue doesn't hangs know out of his f- mouth. <laughs> his tongue hangs out of his mouth. He's b- pathetic in every definition of the word. He'd be a terrible <laughs> video game protagonist, which is why it'd be amazing to play Sekiro with my dog, Toby, as the main character. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see his really emotional, heartfelt scene between Joel and Ellie. And Joel, I guess in this one, it'll be Ellie. Is just your freaking dog. What is it, King Charles, whatever the goddamn? King Charles Cavalier. King Charles Cavalier with his tongue hanging out the side of its face. <laughs> they um, killed so my the, girlfriend. So for <laughs> for those that don't watch, because this isn't YouTube, uh, this is my 17-year-old Pomeranian Chihuahua oh. cross named Oreo, who is mad old, as they say. Um, 17, and I would have, yeah. Um, but they don't breed true, so he could live to be 30 or 10, and he clearly outlived that. Yep. Um, that was him hacking up, because he's like, dude, what did you just do to me? <laughs> um, I would 100% play him as... Uh, I would 100% play as him as the protagonist, because he is little and wily. Um, and I would want to be involved in the sound design, because he doesn't really bark so much as, like, yell. <laughs> <laughs> like goats. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> yeah, more or less. More or less. I think it would be. I would definitely what play him in Assassin's Walt. Creed. Walt! Walt! That's... Walt! They took my son. Oh God. Uh, I think that would be a cool way to like immortalize your pet, like being able to play with as your pet and all of these different things would be a kind of a cool thing. But I can't help but think like creating the coolest, most badass pet in real life like i could give it like a dragon tail and like blue hair and like fangs and a choker collar and like i could make the coolest freaking pet in the world and walk around san francisco and it eats all the other dogs and cats and i can't give that up that's cool that's sick (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's your friend (laughs) finally 
Last one. Would you rather eat 20 Taco Bell $5 boxes in one day in order to own an Xbox One Series X a month before release? Or eat 20 Nintendo Switch cartridges in two minutes for free Taco Bell for life? Reminder, Switch cartridges taste abysmal, as Holden can tell you, because I made him eat one and I wouldn't eat one. Not eat. You licked. You did not consume an entire Switch cartridge. Yeah, do we no, have I to, already do, knew it tastes bad, though. So, I just was going to see how bad it tastes. So to clarify clear. when you say eat, when you say eat to get free Taco Bell for life, yeah. I have to actually consume that. Two minutes to swallow 20 Switch cartridges. No, I I am uh, I would 100% eat 20, 20 $5 boxes in a day. Yes. Meaning 24 hours? Yes, 24 hours I'm, to eat 20 $5 boxes. I got that. Y'all haven't seen me, but uh, I'm a big dude. I got that. Twenty five. I, I would hate my life forever. <laughs> but but I mean, think of the content. Now you mean I can have this legally a month uh, early? Yes, no so legally a month. Early. Yeah, it's like a promotion through Taco Bell and Microsoft. Um, that I didn't think percent. about. You would be a the only percent. content creator with an Xbox Series X. Um, Everyone I would, would be watching your shit. Absolutely do it. Um. And I'm even thinking I would uh, – I'm thinking strategy-wise, 100% take a really good laxative. And then just <laughs> – I would just be a pipe. <laughs> Which is, um, my doctors would not recommend it. But um, yeah, it would just be a pipe for a day. That's all I got to do. My day yeah. would be eating those. That's it. I hadn't thought I about like the content aspect of it. I was just like, oh, yeah. Like I could stack two Switch cartridges on top of each other, download those 10 times, done. Talk about for life? Fuck yeah. But I had thought, like, oh, Xbox Series X, you get that a month before release, but what are you going to do with it? You'll play a couple of upgraded visuals, and there won't be Halo Infinite yet, and you're not going to really, there's not going to be much to it until it actually physically gets released. But if you're the only person on the planet who has I'd find something. I would find something to do with it. Yeah. And at the very least, um, I would find something. Clearly, we would have to be very creative with the content creation. However, don't do the like, does it blend? Don't make that your very first thing you do because then you're out for the rest of it. No. Oh, that would be awesome. No, but no, we could, I mean, think of the, if I, if you, if the two of you knew, right, that someone you knew was going to have that ideas would start percolating in your head right away of the cool shit they could do. And if I knew I would be like, Hey, Twitter, I'm going to be doing this thing. Who's got ideas for what I should do? And then it would just be, I would have just a bitchin' Instagram account full of screenshots of the insides and the, I would, I would manage, and there are enough super dorks out there that we consume the content and subscribe to my YouTube channel slash mailing list that I would very, I mean, I for real could probably springboard that into doing this full time. Cause you know, a month in advance before a new console, yep. a day is enough to launch a YouTube channel. Like, so yeah, no, I yeah. would definitely hate my life and probably never eat Taco Bell again. My health <laughs> yeah. would probably get better because I would never be able to even look at a Taco Bell without like a Pavlovian response. Anyway, you I'm, convinced I'm, me 100%. I'm uh, monopolizing. Holden, what are you doing? So I'm kind of caught. I don't know. I, the content creation aspect is, is very, very I compelling. ruined it. I think I ruined it. I think I ruined the game by bringing up the content creation. <laughs> Usually about lifetime, like you get Taco Bell for life. 
it's usually in those schemes doesn't mean that like every meal of every day you could actually get Taco Bell. You never have to pay for food ever again. It usually means I, like a lifetime supply of Taco Bell means that we'll give you a single taco once every day. I mean, but hold on though. We you're right, but we're not the 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 free Xbox a month early wasn't a monkey's paw situation there either. Right? Because we right. were talk we compared that to a an Xbox one series x with no embargo and free and you're free to do whatever you want with it so like that was the ideal situation so i think we have to just assume that the free taco bell for life is the ideal where it's basically they give you a card everybody knows your name and you can Mm -hmm. you can order whatever you want for you forever yeah ad infinitum I would get. Re- I'm. Ar- I think I like Taco Bell. I've warmed up to it. Listen to Affable I'm proud of top you. five fast food restaurants. <laughs> um, I've warmed up to it. I wouldn't even put it on the list before, but I, I would now. Uh, but I would get really sick of it after a while. I get would re- get really really sick of of Taco Bell after a while. But I would look back and be like, dude, I got to play Xbox Series X a month early for anyone else, and that's like that alone's awesome. Here's how I know that. Uh, there was just a video store that used to be in the plaza right by my house, like a video rental store called Video Fair, self-owned. And one day I walked in, and the owner Jesse was like, "Hey Holden, I got an early copy of Stuart Little on VHS a day early, <laughs> and you can rent it today if you want to." And I was like, "I got to see Stuart Little rented a day for everyone else," and I still remember that story. So if Stuart Little can have that like positive impact on my life i'm sure series x a month before release would be something i'd think about until my final days yeah so yeah i'll take that one so yeah i remember getting my psvr headset of taco bell my final days what was that i remember getting my psvr headset three days early and i was like oh my god this is amazing thank you basketball even the PSV deck, because I got the 3G version of it, so I got to get it a week ahead of oh, time. Yeah. I remember being like, oh, yeah, I'm so cool, even though like, <laughs> it was a, allowed with the rules. <laughs> Dope. That's it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for our podcast today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We've got a couple of things to run through real quick. One, Steven, thank you so much for being on our show. I want you real quick to plug whatever you want to plug. Again, I know we did it at the front, but you deserve two plugs. <laughs> wow um it's good to know it's good to know that i deserve two plugs yep. um so okay so if you want to um consume my content where i am don't make these jokes this is where i get to do this is my <laughs> hbo special um this is your cinemax after dark this is definitely my it's definitely not my cinemax after dark respectfully <laughs> I, would, uh, I would do that with other people um well i love you guys well no one's watching the video right now Oh, we can true. tell oh, it's the after dark version. Okay, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, um, if you want to hear me talk about uh, family games, um, which is actually my area of expertise, um, is so you can go to engagefamilygaming.com. Um, the best place to go, I think, is our Facebook page, which is engagefamilygaming.com slash Facebook. Unless you don't have Facebook, at which point you can go find us on Twitter, which is at EFGaming. Um, our the primary content that we produce. We have a written blog and everything. The primary content we produce is our podcasts, which you can go to engagedfamilygaming.com slash podcast, and that will bring you to our anchor feed. Um, but we're on all – it is one podcast feed on all of the major platforms, 
uh, Apple and Google and Stitcher and blah, 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 where we have currently three podcasts that go up there. Um, and so we're probably going to be getting close to like five, maybe even six podcasts a week. Dope. Many of many of them are very short, like five to ten minutes that I record in my car talking about the various family gaming news or remind people to tell their children not to be racist about coronavirus because I had to do that because yeah. I heard kids being racist about coronavirus. So um, super interesting. Totally would love to have everybody join. We also have a Facebook community, engagefamilygaming.com slash community. Join there. We talk about – we, we share gaming memes and I give people advice and, you know, so it's a, a very wholesome community. So nothing like these guys, but if you want a break, come join us. Dope. Thank you, Steven. Go support him. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire, where you can give us a buck or more a month and you get access to game nights where you can play with us every single week. You can influence what we play for our barf backlog accomplishment with respawn and friends game, which this month is holding. Bioshock Infinite. Bioshock Infinite. If you didn't grab it when it was free on PS Plus last month, you're a loser. Buy it anyway. Play it with us. <laughs> and then uh, you also get dope wallpapers. We just dropped the February ones, and they are delicious. In fact, within literally seconds of me posting on Patreon, Matt responded in all caps, SEXY AS FUCK! So, there's that. And he also said he can't look at his iPad without getting aroused. So That is it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. Thanks. And now for our usual sign-off. Ka-doodle-doodle-doo. Ka-doodle-doodle-doo.